You're listening to the Hot Oral Podcast Network on HotOral.com. With an A-U. Hi friends, I'm Andy Sell, and these are the people we know. Uh, hi friends, welcome back to another episode of People We Know, the podcast where real people get excited about unreal people. Uh, hope you guys are having a good week. Uh, this this week we had uh, sh- visiting Chicago stand-up comic Stephanie Haas came into the Woodry's Hardware Studio to discuss the character Peggy Olson from Mad Men. Leah K. Janian was our co-host. Um, it was a fun conversation. It, it uh, kind of went all over the map. <laughs> we went to... Uh, a lot of interesting areas of, of discussion, um, but it was a fun time. We had a good talk. We, uh, I think we solved a lot of problems in the world with our conversation. It was a really good time. And uh, But uh, before we get into that, I want to talk about my uh, character I'm obsessed with this week, and that's... Um, there's a, Look, there's a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale that if you're not listening to it, you absolutely should be listening to it. They're only about 30 episodes in right now, so it shouldn't take too long to catch up. If you want to uh, start from the beginning, which I recommend doing. And the show is basically sort of like, um, it's like if Twin Peaks or even more extreme, uh, a city from the Twilight Zone, it's a small town from the Twilight Zone, had a community radio show, uh, it is Welcome to Night Vale. It's just it's, this, uh, it's kind of um, Lake Wobegon meets, uh, or like a Prairie Home Companion meets, uh, uh, I don't know the town from the mist or something like it's it's really insane it's really good though it's it's uh it's you know it's fictional um but it's uh it's very interesting and it's this town Nightvale where um which I'm assuming is a, is in Arizona it's just in the southwest it's just in the southwest, it the southwest. nondescript southwest but uh it's very interesting it's this town where there's all kinds of spooky things happening all the time with like a draconian secret shadow government uh, in charge of everything, and there's a lot of very rich, interesting Twilight Zoney kind of characters in this uh, in this town. Um, there's Carlos, the uh, perfectly coiffed hair Carlos, a visiting scientist who calls Nightvale the most scientifically interesting city in America that he goes to to uh, kind of see what all these weird things are about. There's old woman Josie, who's an old lady who lives on the outside of town kind of a hermit but her, her her she's protected by angels who uh who change her light bulbs for her and stuff um there's um there's one of my favorite characters is michael sandero who's the uh quarterback for the high school football team the night vale scorpions who's this really interesting character but he's only been mentioned in one episode that i've heard so far but he's uh, he was born with cerebral palsy and uh and lost his hand um, but then he was cured of his palsy when he was struck by a bolt of lightning that gave him superhuman strength. And uh, but at the same time, he's like this kind of put upon character. His mother, uh, his his mother has a chart of the children I like best, and he Michael Santero grew a second head 
and she put the second head above Michael himself on the list of children she likes most. And uh, it's just a, it's he's a great character. I like him a lot. He's he's sort of like a, a Job sort of figure. Who just all this horrible shit happens to, but he's still he's the he's the gonna he's the, he's the one that's gonna be Desert Bluffs this year in the big game. Um, but my favorite character on the show so far is uh, Steve Carlsberg, who is he seems to be the only character in the t- the only resident of Night Vale who is aware of all of the weird things happening around and how weird they are. And he's and the, the Cecil, the guy who hosts the host, the voice of Welcome to Night Vale, the host of the show, is constantly calling him out for being a jerk. Uh, just because Steve Carlsberg there's this, there's an episode called The Drawbridge and there's actually a couple episodes before I can't remember which one exactly but they build a, a harbor front a waterfront in Night Vale with like a harbor and, and, and stuff and uh, and the, the character the Cecil the, the host even points out like despite the fact that there is no water in Night Vale that, that we're not anywhere near any coast the harbor will be great and, um, and then there's an episode where they build like a sports arena or something and and um, there's no, it's like closed for 364 days of the year except for one night when it's open so that the hooded, the mysterious hooded figures that populate Night Vale, uh, specifically the dog park of Night Vale, the hooded figures have hold a parade through the sports arena and that's all it's used for. And it's sort of like, I think they brought up Steve Carlsberg as a way to, so that Cecil wouldn't have to say stuff like, well, despite the fact that there's no... Um, water or whatever uh steve carlsberg they build a um i'm trying to remember what it is that they build in nightville it's a uh um oh a drawbridge yes they build it in the episode titled the drawbridge they they build a drawbridge in um in nightville and steve carlsberg writes in to be like why is there a drawbridge there's no river and there's no boat traffic to necessitate a drawbridge and uh and and I think that they did that so that the host wouldn't have to call attention to it. And then Cecil, of course, the host, calls Steve Carlsberg a big jerk and kind of labels him a busybody who's just trying to ruin everybody's fun. And, uh, and I love Steve because he's the straight man of Night Vale. He's the one that's just like, wait, why is this? Like, he calls out the local government for being uh, shadowy. And Cecil reprimands him for being anti-government. And it's it's just a fun... If you're not listening to Welcome to Night Vale, I highly recommend you do. It's available on iTunes or at uh, Commonplace Books, uh, their website. Um, it's really cool. It's really fun. It's awesome. And um, without further ado, let's go ahead and have this conversation with Stephanie Haas about Peggy Olson from Mad Men. Is that what the uh, yeah was? <laughs> I no, I mean, I, it's uh, yeah, not like I having a podcast. Not like I did anything. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Is that how it so is? We should start right on her insulting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably. You're just one of those people, you know. One of what people? You're one of those people that people just feel like they want to poke fun at. Yeah. No, tell me about it. <laughs> you would get along real well with everyone in my fifth grade class. Well, <laughs> not just me. Everybody. I like, know. Everyone. Tom Sibley's one of those people, too, though. You know. Really? Yeah. Don't put this on there, either. Maybe that's why he and I get along so well. <laughs> no, that's staying on there. Oh, yeah? I feel well, like, well, I feel only like because you want to of- know. 
What, well, only because... Well, he knows because their podcast, <clears throat> he's like the <laughs> butt of their jokes. Yeah. Poor, poor Tom. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's a very likable person. He's a great guy. Yeah. There's nothing about him that makes it like that. It's just, I don't know. I think it's a, the look in your eyes. You just want to destroy that innocence or something. <laughs> but he's, he's so <laughs> handsome. Hey, remember when I used to be happy looking in those pictures? Oh, guys. Uh, welcome. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the fucking whatever. The thing. This is a killer podcast. Th- I know. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. We, I'm just mad. Let's just restart. Look, we just. I'm, very, I'm sorry. We just that spent, was my bad. We just. We're Woodry's Hardware Studio. We just spent the last 20 minutes trying to find this video of Leah getting proposed to. Yeah. At a music festival in 2010, <laughs> and I have heard stories about this thing happening, and I've always and I, today I found out there was video, and I, we tried to find it on Facebook, but it was taken down. The, the guy took it down. Finally, took it down. <laughs> the guy, three years later. Yeah, yeah. Three well, years and some months. Like he, look, dude, you couldn't have waited like another <laughs> I know. couple it weeks been, until like, I'd seen it, like it yesterday. He yeah, took it down I, he probably took it down like three hours ago. <laughs> probably he probably went to church. Does he go to church? Do that? Does he go to church? No, he's atheist. Well, maybe he changed his mind and he went to church and was like, "Oh, I got to be better in the eyes of Jesus. Maybe I should take down this video of my ex fiance. Why would that be the thing? Put on the maybe spot. he's going to propose to his current girlfriend yeah. at a music festival and doesn't want her to know. <laughs> doesn't want, doesn't want to doesn't, spoil it. You know what? I got one she move. was yeah. there. We were like friends you know like she was there maybe probably she oh, was usually Jesus. there she's i mean she's great they're perfect for each other take down the video so maybe you she'll did. be Good job. maybe she'll be into being proposed to at a music festival probably that's probably how the world works what if she's Where wearing like, the exact like, same clothes when it happens as you like what if she's wearing a t-shirt that says shrooms on it and then I, it didn't say shrooms. No, it, it said say? mushrooms. Oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> it didn't say mushrooms. It has a picture of mushrooms oh. and it's psychedelic <laughs> mushrooms and it says magic. <laughs> Even better. I still have it. I still have the shirt. What if he starts to propose to somebody else to like fake her out and then pulls her up and then it's like a metaphor for the last four years? I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like we well, should get in touch with him, see what he's planning. Let's find out. No, I mean probably I made him think about it. I don't know, but you know maybe he doesn't realize that that has anything to do. It doesn't really in the long and short of it that had nothing to do with why I didn't marry him. So it was just you know not the best way to propose to me. Yeah, I don't know if there is a way to propose to me. I don't know if I ever want to be married to anybody. So you know that might not be his. Leah Kajanian, independent <laughs> modern woman, putting that out there just because I haven't. I'm met, on your side like, about not that. Like, as in, I'm on your side about. I don't that. like the idea of it. As in, none of the people I've met yet have been people I'd ever want to marry. Yeah, so. I never want. I never thought about. I was always like, uh, marriage is stupid. Even as a kid, I remember a kid, when I was in middle school. A kid on the bus asked me. This kid who was a shitty bully dude like i he hated me and i hated him and and he always picked on me but he one day i guess his parents were getting a divorce or something and uh he was pretty down about it but he like looked at me and he's like andy are you ever gonna get you thinking about you plan on getting married i think this was a movie which was so no this 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 happened don't take this away from me this is the one moment of connection i had with one of my tormentors (laughs) <laughs> one human moment and i was like no i remember like thinking about it like no i don't think so i don't really care how old were you 
I would have been 12, 11 or 12. Wow. And that was the moment that you were like, and I was just, just kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I did, I mean, my parents are still together. Like I wasn't from a yeah. broken home. He was, uh, clearly <laughs> he was, he was upset. And then, uh, he was like, oh, cool. You're not, you're not, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it either. It sounds like a bunch of <laughs> you nonsense changed that to guy's me. Life. And then I was like, yeah. And then he was. He tried to make it a thing. Like, he tried to suddenly, like, kind of, like, be cool. And he was like, oh, we're just, you're just going to, like, you know, like, fuck a bunch of chicks. <laughs> like, just for... And I was like, I, I mean, sure. <laughs> but I really just don't think... I mean, I don't think I'm going to get... I don't think I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I was in a relationship where I was going where to do it. Where you were going I was to. Going, I was going... Oh, yeah. I was totally into it. I mean, then, maybe you'll change your mind again. I don't want to say that for sure, you know. No. But maybe you want... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's... I just think like everything I hear about it is that it's awful and that when you're in it, like <laughs> the only thing you have going is that you can't escape it. So that's the only thing you have for you. And yeah. I'm like, but you can't escape it. First of all, well, secondly, then they why have does kids, that sound and good? And I think people will have kids intentionally just to like, yeah, delude themselves further. <laughs> but I mean, like, just be with someone until you don't want to anymore and then and the, yeah <laughs> yeah shake hands and <laughs> I, I, you know what i think that's i mean it's like ridiculous as it sounds in the face of like whatever emotional experiences we've all had i think that's the i think yeah i'm i mean i like that idea and maybe it would last a people long people change knows, things yeah. change yeah you don't exactly like it could last a long time but you know there's no reason to bring fucking ink and paper into it like yeah, because, I mean, to me, that's making it like, okay, this is so I can't leave you, even though I'm going to want to. Yeah, th- right, but you exactly. still can't. Like, and I don't know if that's jaded or... No, I mean, I don't, I'm a think, child it's, I don't think it's jaded. I think it's advanced. I think that's an advanced way of thinking. Yeah, but you're a man. <laughs> Women are probably listening. What the fuck listening. does that mean? Uh, no, I know what it means. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I would like to throw an awesome party. I don't know if I care about marriage, yeah. but yeah, I went see, to a wedding, really exactly. funny wedding a couple that, months yeah. ago. I'm with you. Weddings are That's awesome. True. Weddings are the best. I Party shouldn't even I'm officiating awesome. a wedding in two weeks, and here I am just <laughs> yeah, trashing okay, the entire... Other, yeah, but I mean, I don't think the whole thing is shitty for everybody. I just no, think I, like, that's yeah. my personal thing. And some people... I, I know people who are in happy marriages, like really great marriages. Yeah. I know people that are in awful marriages. I know people that are my age and have been divorced twice. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> right? Already? Yeah. I knew a a, a, a a woman I knew was divorced already at 25. Wow. No, well, my best friend got married and divorced within a year when she was 18. She Jesus. turned 18 and got married. <laughs> <laughs> my high school best friend. That's, uh... Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> well, this, this is uh, as good a time as any to... Let's go ahead and uh, welcome you back to the people we know fold. Uh... I'm Andy Sell. This is, again, Leah Kajanian. Uh, what up? Co-host extraordinaire. And our guest this week is Stephanie Haas from Chicago, Illinois. Hi. Chicago. She's a stand-up comic and a comedy show person, producer, booker, whatever, <laughs> promoter. Right? Does those words count? I guess. Well, everyone is, aren't they? <laughs> At least in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So most people are here, too. Yeah. She was just a, She just played Carla. No oh, God! In a, oh, in a play based on the TV show Cheers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I was kind of hoping the character you were going to choose would have been Carla. I was sort of <laughs> there was like a secret part of me that was crossing its fingers, like please let's talk about Carla because <laughs> I wanted one. to ask you about your interpretation of the character and like you, what you put in, like how um, much of it was you and how much of it was informed by Rhea Perlman's. Well, I am a, not a good actress, so it was mostly just me yelling. 
Hey, that's Carla. Yeah. That's all Carla yeah. does. <laughs> she yells and she fucks Danny DeVito. Uh, that's yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Car- Carla, the server at Cheers, fucks Danny DeVito, the actor. <laughs> <laughs> the fictional character has a long-standing sexual partnership with real-life actor Danny DeVito. Uh, that's how other people's money got made. Um Movie other people's money. I don't know. I just I, I, I don't know that. what I'm talking about, guys. No. Stephanie, you chose. Tell us about the character you chose. Uh, I chose Peggy Olson from Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, because I love her. <laughs> okay. What? Well, what's? Uh, I don't what's, know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> go to the questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think she's cool. We just watched her give some guy a hand job or something. Uh, oh, I didn't yeah. get there yet. She I didn't get hot. to the hand job scene. Well, well, we they don't, don't show. Yeah. Well, it might they don't show a dick in her hand. No, there is one. There is one episode where she gives a guy a hand job, and we kind of see it in oh, the movie theater. In the movie theater, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see it? Well, the penis? No. no. <laughs> and you see the cum coming out of it. It just goes straight up porn. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird choice. Yeah. Oh man, it's, she's like she talking on dirty it. too. And the movie they're watching is a porn. <laughs> and then uh, and then for some reason it cuts to this scene in the projection booth of the projectionist <laughs> masturbating for no reason. Like he's not even he never you never see this character again. He's just no. in that one, just scene. The one scene. Like they don't show the dick of the like guy that guy, she's jerking off, but they show the projectionist in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they like the producer just knows a guy that's really good masturbating. <laughs> Yeah, he's their like, guy. Get him in here. He's it's the like best. the best masturbator. It's Ryan I've ever Pfeiffer seen. actually. It's Ryan Pfeiffer. <laughs> If you want a guy to masturbate on screen, he's your. T- <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I guess if that's what you're going for, because yeah. I mean, Ryan that's Pfeiffer, an host, scene anyway. co-host of the Crab Diving Podcast. Yeah, we've plugged two podcasts already that aren't that aren't ours. Good for us. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll plug it back. Yeah. Hey, Goof City Crab Diving, show a little love, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, we're over here. Okay, I'm done. Uh, so. Did you know when you started watching Mad Men? Did you watch it from the beginning? Like, did you were you on on board? Early? Uh, no, I watched it. Um, I think I started watching during season two because everybody kept talking about it, and I was like, I can't. I guess I'll yeah. do this. Uh, and then I, I, I started marathoning it, and like really didn't like it for about a season and a half. But I have a yeah. compulsion to finish the same thing. Yeah, so I so I kept going. And then by like the middle of season two, I was into it. Yeah. But I didn't like Peggy then. Oh no, Peggy's either. kind of uh, you know I I I didn't really like Peggy much uh, first go through, and then when rewatching recently, I'm like, oh no, she's fantastic. Yeah, there were a lot of people that I like totally changed my opinion on mm-hmm. after when when I was rewatching it over the summer. Like yeah. I got I got in a fight with James Fritz uh, last summer because he compared me to Peggy, and I was like, <laughs> really mad. mad. <laughs> 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 yeah. well, it was one of those like four a.m. bar whiskey fights. Yeah. You know, I was I feel like, like, what? Because she's ugly and conniving? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling me? Are you calling me a Scientologist? <laughs> are you saying Fred Armisen's going to leave me? <laughs> I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like it, it might have something to do with the fact that she, her character grows. Her character has an art. She's one of the very few characters on that show that legitimately changes. Yeah, when we watched yeah. that, that uh, cut this morning, especially oh, yeah, like of all of... Yeah, she... She changes a lot she from does. the beginning. She changes she's so a lot. Meek. She tur- exactly. She turns in, she's she goes from this like like 
little little squirrel like yeah i'll do what you want letting pete campbell stick it to her oh god gross gross pete campbell gross pete campbell I, I want him to die. Like, I want to watch him die on the show. <laughs> like, like, I want to see... I want a Mad Men's Game of Thrones crossover where Arya Stark somehow learns that Pete Campbell is a descendant of Joffrey. And then she gets... Did you see my eyes glaze over when you started she, talking about that? Look, Scott Bakula, Dr. Sam Beckett from mm-hmm. Quantum Leap, Leaps into, uh, let's say, Theon Greyjoy's body. <laughs> okay. And builds a time machine and then gets Arya Stark to jump into the time machine and she leaps into. <laughs> da- okay. I, Why, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, I don't think I'm he done. needed to go to. I'm done here. Yeah. I'm done here. Did you ever read Why that? Why does everyone love when many... Patton Oswalt goes off on a big thing and then I do it? <laughs> I don't think this is fleshed out. No, yeah, it's, not, it's he's really not. Words. Because <laughs> he's good at talking. Is that? Is it because yeah. he's good at talking? Uh, he, puts, he like has coherent thoughts and then sentences. expresses them clearly. <laughs> you can follow them. You know. Did you read the interview with the actor who played Pete Campbell, where he was talking about how he like gave away all of his possessions and the only thing in his house was a toilet? What? Yeah. John knows what I'm talking about. I fucking hate that guy. It was pretty the actor? gross. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I did read about Why? that. That was like a few years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty early on in the show. So he's still only just I don't know. the toilet? <laughs> he's trying to atone for the sins of his character. Yeah, whatever. He just goes into work and has all the in- amenities he needs. Yeah. I was going to say anemones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anemones? He's <laughs> yeah, got like tons of anemones. Tons of them. He's, yeah. a, he's an oceanographer. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't even make sense. He's a marine biologist. What really would, would, would it be? An- yeah. or, or would it be a, a sea, like a... Like a, a marine botanist. What is an anemone? Is that is that is, is that plant life or animal? Okay, that's animal. animal yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's technically. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It's yeah, an it's animal. an animal. Mm-hmm. It's an animal. Okay. Whew. Got that. Okay. One. <laughs> Glad we figured, figured that, that out. out. Okay. <laughs> so, I but I think it's yeah. You see her. You see her character grow a lot, and uh, yeah, a lot of the characters in that show will like make superficial changes and adjustments, but then like like you know, duck. He's Oh, I liked Duck and Peggy together. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? They are the worst together. I, he needed her. <laughs> so does uh She gave him hope. <laughs> what? She's got that thing that we had this with Liz Lemon. We we're talking about Liz Lemon too. Where she dates these shitty yeah. fucking idiots, but there's like she has that it 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 care it showcases her quality of like wanting to help. Like it yeah. showcases her like Mother Teresa complex kind of thing, where and it's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Also, like, I feel like he probably gave her some good sex. Duck. Yeah. Which one's Duck? Duck, Duck has remember. to have whiskey dick twenty four seven. No, he. First of all, I think he quit drinking while they were together. And second, there was that she came to his hotel room and to then give he him started back, again though. to give him back the the scarf, and then he was dirty talking her, and it was it seemed pretty fun. I don't think I got there yet. Does that happen later? Uh, Season four. Yeah, maybe season four. Oh, okay. I think it's season four. Oh, yeah, four. I, didn't think I, I don't think I ended on three. Because okay. in five, she's with... Um... Abe. I love Abe. Really? Yeah. I mean, not so much anymore, but I like him. Oh, I haven't seen season, most cute. of season six. Did he, <laughs> does he do something in season six? Uh, yeah, a bunch of shit goes down in season okay. six. Uh, oh, man. I'm so behind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good season. It, yeah, it started off when it, I saw the first like three episodes and I was like, this is way better than season five. 
Yeah. Season five felt kind of like meh to me for what some even reason. happened in five? I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't remember. Um, oh, wait. Peggy's gone. Oh, wait. No, um, no, no. She leaves the end? Glenn got drafted and went to Vietnam <laughs> and collected a bunch of ears. <laughs> <laughs> Came back. I don't remember what happens at this. This is this is the thing is I've been trying to rewatch all the ep. I've been trying to catch up, and I got to halfway through season three before we had to record. Yeah. Um, when does Peggy leave? It's episode eleven of season five. Is when she leaves. Is when Out Peggy of, leaves. What twelve or thirteen? Yeah, it'd be thirteen probably. Um, and she goes because she gets that amazing offer. Yeah. To be the nineteen thousand a creator. year. Yeah. From that. James Spader looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Do they ever hook up? I can't remember. Because um, I know that, like, in season four, she, I, I, John is so mad at me right now. I'm like the worst. If you were caught up, you'd know the answer to this. Oh, is it in season six? Do they? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I want spoilers. I don't care. Well, I didn't get as far as you guys did, so I don't know. what. I don't. Where, think where I are you at? I think I saw three season three. I don't know. He's just uh, he just proposed to that girl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don Draper just po- oh. proposed. When is that? To Megan? Oh, I hated Megan the first time through. She seems a lot more sympathetic on a second yeah, I, viewing. You know, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on her. Yeah, I, I thought she was like really manipulative when I first watched it. Yeah, for sure. She was just like fucking her married boss. And st- no, he wasn't married. No, he wasn't married. He was with that nice uh, doctor yeah, that la- lady. Yeah, the, yeah. Lady that- the psychiatrist? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I, I I forgot about her for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I guess I know what happens there. Yeah. He, he, Oops. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't really care. I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, you don't really. I'm not that into the show because it's uh, it's so. I don't like any of the characters. I like Peggy. She's one of the good ones. Yeah. Well, she's. I, I think she's the only character that has a true arc. Yeah. Um, because Don tries to change. Betty has an arc. It's just a negative one. Betty just she goes from shitty to shittiest. I don't. I don't like Betty. I think it's Don's fault. She's a pretty good mom in the beginning. I don't. She's a good wife. She's a good mom. I think. I think it's her. It's yeah. To some degree, it's Don's fault. But she was already the person she was when she married. I think it's her dad's fault. I think it's her brother's fault. I think it's society's fault. But sure, I, she's to like a degree, rich and sort of think childish. It's her, but... I, to a degree, I think it's also her fault. Like the way she interacts with her kids to me is just like the most awful. Thing. Yeah, but that started going downhill when Don started ruining her life. Yeah, but I mean, you can't just blame. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not saying it's fair. At some point, and the I'm, cycle I'm of violence like a... has to stop with you. Uh, <laughs> you have to make a choice. Or you, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying I agree with her decisions. I can just feel empathy for her. I, I don't, don't <laughs> not feel empathy for her. I do. I don't feel empathy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's the worst. She's pretty terrible. The worst. She's pretty awful. Um, did the show in general like I? This is I think this is why I'm having such trouble remembering things from the show. Is because the pacing is so deliberate and and stretched out and mm-hmm. slow, which yeah. is actually a good thing for the show. Because it's like while I'm watching the show, I could while I'm watching an episode the entire time I'm like, this is awesome, this is brilliant, this is so engaging. Like I'm telling myself that like as I'm watching. Yeah. But then I'll then I go like a month and I don't remember. And you forget. Goddamn well, that's thing what, I mean. I'm it. trying to remember anything and I can't. Yeah. So. Like I, I remember the big moments. I remember Lane Price hanging himself. I remember the uh, the lawnmower. 
I, I, I love I, the whole episode of the finale of season three. It was my favorite episode. And there's even details from that I can't remember. We were talking oh, wait, about that yeah, earlier. We, and I was like, yeah, don't, they lock, the don't they lock Harry Crane in oh, the closet? Yeah. And you're like, no, they just tell him they're going yeah. to. So, like, my mind is making it more exciting than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about it? I, I want to know what it is about that shit. Because, I mean, I watched it, but I also have the compulsive thing where I have to watch as many mm-hmm. as I can all the way yeah. through. So, I don't know that... I mean, it's definitely not my favorite yeah. show. So, I don't understand, like... Well, I think it's, like, life. You're just kind of, like... You're watching all this stuff as it happens, and it's so yeah. gradual. Like, what we were talking about with Peggy, like, her her change is so subtle... I mean, I guess while you're watching an episode, it doesn't seem... Yeah, I didn't realize watching the show, like, how different she had become. Yeah, you don't catch it until we watched this clip today that was, like, the evolution of Peggy Olsen. Yeah. And it's just a two-minute clip, and it shows... It's just all these highlights of her from from the whole show. Oh, wow. That'd be interesting. And it's... it's, The shift is fucking radical. Mm -hmm. Like, it's extreme. But you don't... While you're watching, I don't think you really... I mean, you notice little changes... And you'll think she's ahead. But, like, even in season four, like, there's still moments where, like, that naive kid first day receptionist kind of comes out of her and Dawn sort of is like, no, you know? Like, yeah. she's and still then, learning. And took a long time. Like, like it was just, uh, what were we watching? Like, season season three, episode two earlier? Uh-huh. Just, you missed this part, but she was yelling at the guys. She was like, you only want my opinion on bras and like what we were yeah. talking about 10 minutes earlier yeah. she was like you only ask my opinion on this stuff yeah. and uh she started started yelling about that when well, they were working to... on patio so it wasn't until like that point that she started she was like you know she was around she was a copywriter yeah. and stuff but she hadn't started sticking up for herself yeah and that builds up a few times i mean like there's the scene where they're talking about um where they're doing the the, the bras and they're like when they have the playtex account and they're like women want to be either jackie or, oh, yeah. or marilyn monroe and Peggy's just yeah. like, I don't think that that's how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's, and they immediately they're like, oh, well, you're like, they like, Ken, Ken Cosgrove's like, well, you're Gertrude Stein. Like, and, <laughs> and then Don tries to save it with this like compliment. Like, no, you're more, uh, yeah, I can't remember. The, Irene Dunn, but I don't, Irene know, Dunn, yeah. I don't I, know who that is. I keep meaning to Google her. John? John's on it. John's <laughs> I know Freddie Rumson loves her. Yeah. Freddie Rumson does love her. Um, Freddie Rumson loves Peggy. That's true. Even though he called her a, uh, what did he he said it was like watching a dog. What did he call dog did he, playing piano? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she, but I don't think when he said that about her, I don't think he meant it. I don't think he meant it deliberately to be degrading. It's definitely a degrating thing to yeah. say, a demeaning thing no, to I say. Don't, yeah, I don't think it was. But malicious. I don't think he meant uh, to me to him. I think what he meant was like to like just the core of like you see a dog playing piano. That's an exciting dog. You're like, wow, that fucking dog rules. But, I mean, I know it's a figure of speech. It's, it's like probably a dog a fig- wearing sunglasses. <laughs> it's Poochie. Cool. It's Poochie from The Simpsons. But, she, you know, it's, like it's, it's a thing where you don't expect someone to be... He, doesn't, you don't, he, doesn't ex- he comes from a society where he doesn't, a climate where he doesn't expect women yeah. to be able to do things like that. And then when he sees it, he's blown away by it. And there are a lot of little shifts like that where the guys are being more of an asshole to her mm-hmm. in the beginning and then they start to they adjust yeah Yeah. like ken cosgrove was super gross in the beginning of the show Oh yeah he was just always just trying to stick it in yeah (laughs) and now they you know they get along and talk about writing and stuff Mm -hmm. well and i mean kinsey and rumson to me are the ones that really like got her going like in that when kinsey's showing her around the office that's one i love that scene in the in like the first 
My, I think it's the second episode or third episode of the first season where Paul Kinsey's taking her around the office and he's explaining the whole office to her. And he's like, this is how this works. This is what happens here. This is what happened. And he's sort of like treating her in a way where it's like he sees something special in her that's not – like he sees something exceptional outside of – No, he was trying to get in her pants. Yeah. Well, no, totally, for sure. He kisses her later. Yeah, but I <laughs> – I like to think that part of him trying to get into her pants was also kind of like, you're different. Like, I don't think Kinsey, because Kinsey's not Cosgrove. Kinsey's not Campbell. That's true. Kinsey Kinsey's is like not, fucking, uh, at least people he think, thinks will make him look more interesting. Yeah. No, but like, I think, I don't know. People, he's kind of hung up on Joan. He's got people that, hate Kinsey. that girlfriend I in New Kinsey. Jersey. I, I like Kinsey just fine. Yeah. But he is, he's a goofball. He's a goofball and he's kind of sleazy, but I also think that he, it always comes from a very honest place. I think it comes from a very like this his is sleaziness comes from the heart. No, I don't think he's that sleazy compared to other people. No, certainly not. Like I don't think he's just hooking up with receptionists left and right no. in there. Like he even calls Cosgrove out on it. Yeah. When Cosgrove's saying that shit in the elevator and they come out and Kinsey's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> don't st- come on." Um so I think part of him showing her around. It does anyway, R- and Rumson like really kind of is like, wow, you're good at this. You need to do this. You should be a writer. Yeah. You should do this and this and this. And he sort of brings her along. But then she changes the whole... Co- I mean, I think that like she, like she, to me, in a lot of ways... I mean, yes, she's a human character, blah, blah, blah. Like, But she's a metaphor to me for like how women in the workforce like change the entire culture mm-hmm. post-World War II. She's interesting, though, because I always wonder... Because when she starts... She doesn't seem to want anything like that. Like, you know what I mean? I, I never yeah. got the sense yeah. that she was trying to move up no. for a long mm-hmm. time. And then suddenly she did. And I, I never, I still don't quite understand like what made her be like, I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. That, that is sort of surprising because she doesn't seem to. She doesn't say anything about it. She yeah. Doesn't. It's like doesn't she necessarily... happens into it and then, yeah. then she starts wanting these things. But I guess maybe that's just a comment on how you're unaware of what's holding right. you yeah, down like until I'm sure she does. Yeah, I'm sure she didn't realize that there, that was even an option because it wasn't. But then the fact that she went so gung-ho about it when it became available is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what's interesting to well, me. I, I think I noticed that too. And, and when I first was watching the show, like when I first went through the first couple seasons, I was just like, where did this come from? Like this kind of came out of nowhere. But here, I rewatching it, I noticed that she like... She, there's no exposition about her having any mm-hmm. of these ambitions. Like she doesn't ever say to anybody, Which is like, good. "I want to yeah. be different. I don't want right. to be like my strict family. I don't want to be just another cog in the machine. I want to do something better." Blah blah blah. I want to defy. Exp-. She doesn't say anything like that, which I like yeah, because I like it's it's showing rather than telling. And they show you in very subtle ways, like scenes. For example, when she's in the bathroom and that one secretary is crying, and she's she's going to talk to her, and Jones like, "Leave it alone." And then a couple episodes later. She comes in. She someone has said something awful to her, and I can't remember. I can't remember who. I honestly can't remember if it was Cosgrove or whoever it was. But she goes into the bathroom, like completely emotionally wrecked, and she sees that same mother secretary in there sobbing, and she's because clearly Peggy went in there to cry or mm-hmm. to, to let it out, and she sees that other woman in there crying, and she you, you see this moment of recognition in her, and then she looks in the mirror and she's just like gets it together and walks out. And it's sort of like, it, to me, in those ways is how they show how her character, and then especially later in season two when they bring in her, her family into it and everything. Yeah. Like, it's just these little subtle ways of saying, like, of showing you how she kind of 
would be into doing something different or not being like everyone else around and she, her. And she does when uh, when that lady from the um, the telephone operator lady takes over her job at Don's uh-huh. desk and she yells at him for uh, uh, or she she yells at the the girl for like not doing a good job. Uh-huh. It's like okay, so so she even when she was being a secretary, she was into like okay, I'm going to be the best damn secretary I am. Yeah. I can be. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, I, I maybe she just likes being good at her jobs. Yeah. yeah, and I think that the writing thing is something that like maybe she just didn't know about herself, mm-hmm. right? Until it was encouraged by Rumson and Kinsey and and and, and Don. Yeah, like then she and then sees she this kept in hitting herself. walls and not understanding why, mm-hmm. sort of. Like, mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that just yeah. that's interesting to me yeah. because. I mean, that's the whole thing. She's just like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And she keeps hitting people that are resistant to it out yeah. of nowhere. And, and, she's she, like, and she's like, but and I just want to do this. Exact, yeah. And she has these moments <laughs> where she like, kind of understand. like freaks out a little bit about it and then is immediately kind of like stomped on sort mm-hmm. of in the first couple seasons. But then by season three, she starts to offer shit. She starts to be like, she starts to call other people out. Yeah. And not just like not secretaries and not Joan, but she's like calling out writers and creative directors and shit. Mm-hmm. Like in meetings, she's just like, I don't think that's right, or blah blah blah. Or at the patio thing, yeah. when she was like, I this is they're marketing to me, so I yeah. should have something to do with this. And then Harry Crane, just like the that guy is like the symbol of obliviousness. Like he is just. He doesn't understand anything at any time what's going on. He says to her, you're not fat anymore, Peggy. Like, they're not... And it's just like, you just missed the fucking boat, man. Yeah. And she there's a meeting, too, in season three, where she... Like, and this is why I think she's, like, changes... She's a metaphor for women in the workforce changing the entire culture and, like, really pushing back against a lot of that horse shit. Um, and I think it's... I can't remember if it's in the Bye Bye Birdie thing, the patio, or if it's a different... Which which part? She's in a meeting and uh, I've just lost I it. I just like that she's not... I mean, it's not necessarily like she's fighting for women's rights in the workplace. It's no, like she's her fighting own, for she's her own. She's just like, I'm trying yeah. to do this. Yeah. She's, and I I think that's great. I think yeah. that's how it would be. You know, that's no, absolutely. what's happened that way. Absolutely. It's not like everyone was like, women together up in arms right now, you know? No, it's like but the I, only I, way you could... I think her fighting for her right. own thing was emblematic yeah, of exactly. the entire cultural shift, which is great because that's, to me, the, the whole... What is it? The, whole, the personal the, the personal is political. The political is personal. Like, yeah. That's how you get people. Like, it's... I don't know. If you, if, you, if you concern yourself with, like, a human, like, a person and their complexities and their issues, like, without forcing the political message upon it, like, it'll just come organically. Right, and that's what I like. That's what I really like about her character. That and she grows. Well, yeah, and I, mean, I find I, that a lot more relatable than if she were exactly. Yeah, it's like no, I wanted it. There's this thing I want to do. Exactly. Let me fucking do it. Yeah, well, that's not how a big I movement. relate to yeah, it. Like, like, if to... I run into something, I'm always like, why am I running into this? Yeah, right it's yeah. not like well, women's rights. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you like, don't need to dress her up. I like to say that. You don't need to dress her up like Rosie the Riveter and put a fucking you know fist coming out of a female symbol on her forehead. Like it's not necessary. It's like yeah. with George Romero. That's not her motivation. Her motivation is just to make herself a yeah. better person. Yeah, no, totally. It's all about her her gain and her like wanting to do the best job possible right. and her wanting to and but then she comes face to face with these things that inhibit that and it's like, "No, this has got to go away. This isn't this is stupid." Yeah. Um well, I think that's why she's great. I mean, she's a great character mm-hmm. for that. And she's the only one I like. <laughs> she's the only one with any hope also to yeah. me from as far as I've seen. It seems like she's the only, like, I don't like, 
hopelessness at well, all. That she has somewhere do to go. Like that's the thing too is she has yeah. somewhere to go, and all these other characters, especially like the older males, Don Draper, Roger Sterling, mm-hmm. um, Burt Cooper, uh, Lane Price, all those guys. Fucking like you just see them treading water the whole time. Like, yeah, their story like, feels unfinished. Yeah. Whereas yeah. everybody else, like we've sort of seen we see what, what their paths are, and they even say yeah. like, "Oh, Don's going to marry his secretary within a couple of months because that's what you do. What that's yeah. what these guys do Roger after they get divorced." Last one. <laughs> yeah, there's like a pattern like for the everyone cycle else that but... they can't get out of, and yeah. I just hate that. Yeah, like, just, and they ugh. try. Yeah, yeah. They're like, the only one where we don't know where she's going, and they just leave it. You know, they're never going to fix it. Yeah, and Don. To me, Don is the only one of those guys that. Well, I mean, I like Roger. Because Roger, he's sort of like, you can tell that like, if he had been born 20 years later, he would have been like a hippie. Like he's, he's got this sort of like laid back, like kind of, uh, that's cause he's rich, you know, kind of anti-establishment sort of attitude. Well, yeah, but he, exactly. I mean, that's true. But I also think that like, because of that, that's afforded him this ability to sort of like buck the rules at, at times in a way that can be good. I mean, you sure. don't think he just would have been that high lie guy if he were born twenty years later? <laughs> well, yeah, but that high lie guy is like. Wait, what do you mean the high lie? Do you mean the guy that was that was all about getting the account? Or no, the guy who he was like rich and he's just like ah fuck it, I'm bored. I want to make high lie really popular, and so yeah. he hires them to do it. I don't think Roger would have been like that. Guy. I think he would have been more like um, the beatnik guy, the with the with the sad dad. <laughs> I can't remember his fucking name. This is the worst. Beating a guy with the sad, sad dad. dad. He's, oh, he, oh. They hire him the in Jewish season kid? four. Yeah. Uh, Ginsburg. Yeah. Ginsburg, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. He's very deliberately named after Alan yeah. Ginsburg, and I can't remember his name. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, Ginsburg. I think Roger would have been more like him, or more like that Roy guy from season one, the 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 dude that's constantly like fucking with Don. What? Roy. The guy that his oh, actress girlfriend oh, or his the, artist girlfriend is the yeah the one oh, that oh yeah that guy his yeah, yeah that guy. bohemian girlfriend God no, I don't I don't think oh, so you looked up Irene Dunn and we didn't even talk oh. about it Irene Dunn uh, died in nineteen ninety one best uh, nominated five times for best actress for performances she was an actress in the thirties basically huh. yeah oh she was in Cimarron she was in Cimarron. Okay. She's from Kentucky. We're in Kentucky. Louisville. 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 Um, Cool. (laughs) That was a nice aside. (laughs) I just... Actress in the 30s. Yeah. Sorry, what... very Catholic also. (sighs) So was Peggy. Well, no, her family was. Mm -hmm. Peggy wasn't so much. I like how vocally against that she is. She doesn't give a fuck about telling her mom, like, no, I'm not into this. Yeah, yeah. Church she still goes church to church, church though. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, she's, I think she's just sick of being hassled. Plus, yeah. she's like kind of having a meltdown all the oh, time. Oh yeah, at the time when she's, <laughs> she's doing that, like yeah. episodes. <laughs> well, the, so I think Roger would have been. I mean, whatever. All those guys—they're all treading water. They're all just com- circling this the mm-hmm. same bullshit over and over again. And um, there's they're right. There's no hope for them. But in Peggy, you see this like opportunity to. Advan- and like there's moments where like you can see her behavior paralleling Dawn's like you sort of look at her and you're like oh she's yeah. gonna be Dawn and in in positive and negative ways like that scene um where where the the episode where um it's not the it's not the um fuck it's not the one where Rumson pisses himself okay. and uh 
and loses his shit. It's a different one where she has an account and she she goes into Don mode. Popsicle? Po- yes. Po- it's the Popsicle one. Yes. Popsicle. When she gets that account. Yeah. And she does, she has a Don, full-on Don Draper moment of like speaking in this very like charismatic, very like... Uh, yeah, she's like, she's like trying to play with her emotions. Using abstract and, yeah, concepts. Evoking, mm-hmm. evoking nostalgia and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. So you see her doing that, but then there's also like later episodes where she's drinking a shitload and smoking a lot and just fucking random dudes. And it's and, and that you're like, oh, well, yeah, there's... Yeah, she even complains to Joan about she... how she's not being let into the boys' club. And she's like, what am I doing wrong? I'm a good drinker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's... And that's... I mean, the thing is, that stuff is always going to be there, though. Like, even yours... I mean, not always going to be there, but it's there now. The boys' club shit. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole... Like, my mom works in a very male, male-dominated industry. And she, for years, have had to, decades, has had to fight through this boys' club mentality. Well, comedy is to a, get to where yeah, she is. Giant yeah, boys' mm-hmm. club too. It's Not true. here as much as. Yeah, I don't think it's as much I'm here from, as it is in other places. Yeah, but. I mean, uh, at least it's you know a conversation that people have here, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. I don't know. Well, I've yeah, never yeah. thought that <laughs> I've been denied anything yeah. because I'm a woman here. Yeah. I don't yeah, think I, it, I do comedy and I'm a computer programmer, so it's like all. Oh God! I, oh yeah, yeah. always with guys. You're <laughs> dudes all the time. Yeah. You're the hope, though. You're the Peggy. I'm the You're Peggy. the one that's going to change. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> I mean, I'm I guess so the change it. would be like, who cares? You're just around dudes and you're a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. The change well, yeah, would no, be like, that's why Peggy makes sense matter. to me because I, I well, doing comedy, I have to think about it a lot more because everybody's talking about women, but. Before, you know, like the, like <laughs> yeah, going through school and stuff yeah. And, and, yeah, like working in a male-dominated field, I never really thought about it. It was just like, yeah. this is what I want to do, so I'm here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've always done. I'm just like, I, for some reason, everything I've wanted to do is something that guys do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but just that way. So, whatever. Yeah. It's a kind of, I mean, I think, yeah, I guess the world in general is pretty <laughs> male. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What? You're talking about some kind of patriarchy? What are you talking about? You, the world okay, in general is yeah. boys like, It's not like I just arrived at this conclusion. <laughs> Guys, I've got a novel idea. <laughs> I think men Somebody might have unfair advantages. I think men run everything. <laughs> <laughs> have you fucking found... Never mind. Well, yeah. I heard, I mean, I think, I always think that it's getting better and then like somebody will still say something like, you're funny and you're a woman. And I'm like, Do people really still think that? Like, yeah, I've heard, I heard that like don't. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody said that. Yeah, I've like heard that. that a lot. And few, I, I mean, I guess maybe the comics ago, don't 1957. make me feel weird, but audience people still say things like that. So. But I think that that's just, I think with audiences, it's a reflection of the fact that like, I mean, we do still, there's still a long way to go, for sure. Yeah. Um, which is, like, it's interesting because Peggy, like, in Mad Men, we were just talking about it. She changes the culture, and and, and that changed the culture a lot. But it's still, like, my mom still has to put up with shit. Yeah. For, like, from, like, the boys club mentality. And in comedy, with, with audiences, I think it's just that it's just, it's emblematic of the fact that they don't see a lot of female stand-up comics, like, on TV or at clubs getting booked you know yeah i mean there's that's there's, our there's, industry presenting that to them still yeah, yeah. no ex- that's what i'm saying exactly and that's where the problem is is it's in you know you're, with comics we know a lot more about the comedy world we've seen a lot more of it so to us it doesn't really seem like there's that well there's just less i mean that's yeah. all well there's, there's, just, yeah, there's less. just less in the doing the thing too yeah just I mean, like there's less 
women in marketing probably and in advertising. No, there's well, lots least, of women in marketing. At least in the nineteen at least in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Yeah. My mom works in marketing. She she works in market research. And there's a, I mean she yeah, goes everyone to everyone I know who works in marketing is a woman. Yeah, really? that's what I was thinking too. I was like, it's weird because I feel like yeah. Yeah. every single person. Yeah. And that's always been like a everyone very... Everyone I know who works in casting is a woman. Yeah. Like everyone I've talked to who like majored in it in college, or it's it's one of those fields that seems to be dominated by like pretty girls. Yeah, even because like, <laughs> I was a journalism major, all the marketing people were pretty girls. Yeah. <laughs> and I hated Maybe your mom them. paved no, the kidding. way well, for maybe she girls did. who straightened their hair. Because it wasn't like that when she was... <laughs> When she was when she was going into it, it really wasn't like that. And still, like the cable television world in general that she works in is not like that. Like marketing, maybe, but she works specifically in in market research for uh, cable television, um, and it's all dudes. Well, not all. I mean, it's it's changed a lot. I should say. I mean, I'm not gonna. It's not like my mom gets. Can we Skype your mom in? Yeah. No, I don't Let's want her your mom. I don't want to talk to my mom, guys. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I do. I don't want to do that. Because the thing is, we're going to get her on this. She's like, are you making money at this podcast yet? What's going on? <laughs> Should we talk about Peggy some more? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably go back on. She gets cuter as the years go on. That's She fun. does. She really figures her look out. Yeah, those, well, those so... bangs in the beginning are pretty tragic. Oh. Oh, uh, the bangs and the pony, that weird little rat tail ponytail. <laughs> she's, she's, got, she's got like just this stringy curve going on for a while, and then mm-hmm. she just parts them down the middle. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, I mean... And then the, and then Kurt cuts it off, just cuts yeah. her hair. Like She, she looks it. so much... The actress looks so much better as Zoe Bartlett. I can't... Like, what's the time cross there? <laughs> well, she got... See, what happened is she got kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> but even after that, she looks damn good. And then Zoe does. Yeah. But I don't see that's not actually Zoe. What happened is they kidnapped Zoe. They sent her back in time to the 1960s. Oh. And, uh, no, I see. and then the then Zoe Bartlett that's on the West Wing after that is a robot. Yeah. I think too many of your solutions involve time travel. Yes. I th- I, it's <laughs> all I think about. It's like the only what way is can we make sign? this work? <laughs> <laughs> That's travel. how I look at my life, though, is I'm just like, how do I fix... <laughs> Which well, alternate timeline time Like, the only <laughs> the way to fix this is to go back better. and say or make everything no when I should have said yes. Yeah, but then that would change... You know, we all know the, <laughs> the bad <laughs> things of time travel. Yeah, then I'll come back here and... And it won't exist. And, and Hitler yeah. will be president. Exactly. And the cops will be dinosaurs. You have to figure out what insignificant <laughs> detail you did that changed everything yeah. and then you have to go back again and fix it. We all know the rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the, the plus rules. side, I don't think dinosaurs have a very comprehensive understanding of the law, so you could probably get away with a lot. Not regular dinosaurs. <laughs> They're, these are like super bred cloned dinosaurs with microchips in their brain <laughs> that make them racist. <laughs> <laughs> They have racist microchips in their brain. Uh, That'd be cool if that happened and we lived in like the post-racist dinosaur world. And then we were finding like, hey, Andy, remember when you went back and (laughs) caused a glitch in the time travel system and there were racist dinosaurs? Thank God that's over. (laughs) Maybe it would take racist dinosaurs to really bring uh, the best in humanity out. Like maybe then we would truly come together. I, I like the idea of us having fully solved racism. Why did they have to be racist? But dinosaurs? just the dinosaurs I mean, are just racist. Try- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that 
like it should bring our humanity together that there are dinosaurs trying to kill us. Because <laughs> like no, if racist. they were racist, it seems like racist people would be like, yeah. ah, I don't care. Cool. Which problem do we tackle? You know, it would, it would take like, racism. Yes. It would take racism it's, for us to be like, okay, now that's too far. Well, because I mean, the danger is that people that are racist would be like, awesome racist dinosaur. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, they're the ones that God. built the racist They'd dinosaurs. They'd be like, God made these so that but God because didn't we make were them. right about God didn't make them. Racism. Democrats did. Yeah, the but they'll think cells. that yeah. is what I'm saying. That's what they'll believe. They'll just like, they're crazy shit. Because <laughs> you gotta be a fucking nutbag anyway, right? Yeah. So their crazy mind will start turning. Do you think like, we're gonna get to the part... We're, do you think we're gonna get to the point in our society where like they, the, the 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 religious right Tea Party libertarian <laughs> morons have just gotten so far out there that they they'll start listing mad like clearly man made things as been created by God? Yeah, I mean, like, I think we. Are there, I think they're legitimately that nuts. <laughs> and everyone's just acting like it's okay for some reason. I don't it's know. not okay. We need to get rid of them. Like Peggy Olsen you know telling what? off that priest. Maybe we could get uh, like racist dinosaurs, but not racist, like just against right-wing people dinosaurs. You know That would take yeah. care of the problem. Atheist dinosaurs. If we're programming yeah. their Militant brains anyway. atheist dinosaurs. Yeah. Milit- atheist di- That's too far. See what I mean? That's How too is that far. too far? Because you don't know any people that are good that aren't atheists. I no, do. I don't. Oh, well, I I'm do. just kidding. Of course I do. Exactly. That's, that's I know why plenty it's too of far. People. Just people that hate. Just people that hate. That's, just haters. Those are the ones we need just to get haters. And then everyone else is cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's my view. Yeah, but on where the world. does it end then? Where does it end? Like, then how are we going to interpret all the hate? hate is like, what if somebody, like, okay, for example, um, John, <laughs> John Slattery, is that him? I'm pronouncing his yeah. name right. Yeah. John Slattery plays Roger Sterling in Mad Men. There's a scene Good in job. an episode it back. where he's, Good job. Where he's <laughs> in full circle, guys. There's a scene in, the, in an episode where he's in blackface. Now then, would the dinosaurs that interpret hate in people go after him because that's racist? Like, would they say... No, like, I mean, but that's like... So we'd have to program, out of we'd have to program like that's an entirely... Not, like, I mean, some, well, that's outdated and stupid and, you know, ridiculous. It's not... I don't see it as, like, hateful. No, because like, for like, one, it's they're lampooning racism exactly. in that episode. Well... Well, yeah, but I, I don't think the it's like the motivation of him doing that as hate, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. But it so could the, still be seen as a hate. Like, but there's going to be somebody out there about. who's offended about it. There's going to be somebody yeah, out offended, there who doesn't who understand can... context who's going to be like, that's hateful. And if they have anything, yeah, they if they have any say in the programming of the algorithms for the racist dinosaurs, <laughs> those racist dinosaurs yeah, will bite his head say. off. No, it's only hate. Who decides only, that? We because need a legislative it's triggered body here. by hate. They just they fucking just detect hate, Andy, and then they Ooh, kill those but people. How do they that's interpret their detection of hate? No, they have but like what a, do you mean by hate? They, have like, like, they, they don't interpret it. They're what fucking robots. What if I say I hate we racism? We crossbreed them with hate. betazoids. <laughs> <laughs> with what? <laughs> Thank you. John got really excited. He knew he knew what you were talking about. I, don't, I didn't yeah, know what you were I'm talking about. The fucking uh, 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 Luxana Troy from Next Generation. <laughs> oh yeah. They they can there, they know yes. what you're feeling. Yeah. In in Marvel comics, those are called yeah. empaths. From Beta Z. Yeah. They're Naked empaths in Marvel comic books. Uh, <laughs> you're right. There you go. That's a good, there we go. We've solved the problem now. We can move on. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm satisfied. Oh, this is podcast gold. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? what? <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about Mad Men. I know. And yeah, then, that got a little... I don't went know to where moms. this came from. We talked about moms and we, Guys, welcome to the People We Know podcast where I, we talk about everything except the character I we chose. I feel like my mom would love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> With the racist, racist dinosaurs. dinosaurs? Yeah. Well, now they're anti-racism dinosaurs. Well, they're... Yeah. That's what just, we decided. Yeah. Yeah. They're anti-hate dinosaurs, right? Would we... <laughs> okay, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. Where were you at in life when you started watching Mad Men? Oh. What was... What, what... Okay, I think... When did it When did it premiere? 2000... Um, I want to say eight, seven, maybe. This is gonna be this is gonna be crucial. We gotta figure this. I out. I want to say oh seven or oh eight. Because I think se- it happened right after I. I think it aired. It started to air either right after I moved to L.A. Yeah, because I would have thought that I started watching it before I moved to Chicago. But that was in two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. So I guess yeah. it would have been my first year in Chicago. Uh, I didn't have any friends oh, except some people I went to kid college in a with. Big city. Yeah. And you uh, came from a really small town. Yes, for this, Chicago is the only city I've ever lived in. I mean, other than Madison when I was, you know, until I was three. But yeah, I came from, my college town before that was 7,000 people. And I grew up in a couple of towns of 2,000. Wow. So yeah, big, big city, alone in my right studio apartment. Right off the farm. Yeah. Uh, living, at, living on the edge of Boys Town. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real lonely. Watching watching Mad Men while it well oh in that winter we had the uh, largest or like the the like biggest snowfall in thirty years or something. But the you would have started snow. watching it in two thousand eight. I thought. Yeah, I think I, maybe I started watching it after the first season ended. Okay. Because I feel like I watched it that winter. Into the winter of two thousand seven. Yeah. That would make sense because it it started in the summer of two thousand seven. Yeah. So you were just watching it in the in the in the cold winter of Chicago. Yeah. 2007 on the edge of Boys Town. My apartment was really hot. I was on the 5th floor and like all the heat rose up and I didn't have any control over the heat. You know what? So That's I had to have how... the window open all summer. The... Or all winter, I mean. Peggy, when she she moves to the city, she doesn't know anybody. She's got no friends. She's got this job at this thing. She's bu- she's alone. She's by herself. She's from a she's from Brooklyn, which at the time was basically a farm community. There we go. There you with, go. With, with their, you that's why you and Peggy. <laughs> right, did you have a shitty roommate? No, no, I I lived alone. Oh, that's right. You yeah. Lived, yeah. So you had a shitty roommate named Loneliness. Yeah. Oh, I thought you. <laughs> I, 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 you're gonna say named Stephanie Haas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and then a couple years later, true story. I had a shitty roommate named Stephanie Haas. H A A S. Wow. H-A-S-S-E. Shitty enough to say her full name and spell it. You know, <laughs> well, and she's a nice person. We just didn't work as roommates. A friend of mine came up to me after a show and said that she had a shitty boss named Stephanie Haas once. Because she Are heard you your name serious? at the show and she was like, How does she spell her name? And I was just like, uh, I don't know. Why? So maybe your shitty roommate went on to be this person's shitty boss. Uh, I don't know. Did what? she work okay, at a furniture store life? in Geneva, Illinois? 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Act like that's the th- I don't know. Maybe. Is that possibly. your last name too? Is that what? Yeah. Oh, okay. You guys have the same and last name, hers, but spelled differently. Well, yeah. Hers is like Swedish. Hers means rabbit, and mine's German, and it means hatred. Oh, fucking <laughs> yes. Why did you bring that up in the dinosaur conversation? So the dinosaurs would attack you just from your last name. Yeah. Because the dinosaurs. No, it just means that it's not. They don't. They detect the feel, the genuine <laughs> yeah, feeling but you know, of like, it. When no, we're not clocking these. Yeah, but mistakes up get with, made. With like metaphor and mistakes symbolism and things made. like that. Mistakes no, get. Remember that couple a couple feeling. weeks ago? They googled pressure cooker and backpack, and the <laughs> fucking yeah. the fucking cops came and burst in their place. Mistakes get made. Yeah, but it's like an instinct. Like you just track out of like. Yeah, they're not thinking feeling. about yeah, exactly. it. But what they're if not the like dinosaurs' instincts are on the fritz that day? No, they just they're programmed in. It's just. I detect hate here. It's like like a thermometer. Yeah, de- I detect hate the- in German. That's double hate. No, the <laughs> feeling, not the word hate. The words mean nothing to them. Words mean nothing. They don't get symbolism. They don't have. <laughs> we don't give them all this knowledge. So you want to make r- hate? You want to make killer dinosaurs that yes. can't read poetry? That's what yes. you're telling me. Yeah, I mean we're making them anyway. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to get in the, We're making them. They're not. They'll be fine. I mean, okay. Did you grow mind. the way Peggy did? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> did I what? Do you think? I mean, do you? So you, that's where you were then. Do you see yourself like. Cause oh, you're did I grow the, the way Peggy did? Like in uh, the comedy community in Chicago. Like, did You started comedy in. Uh, was it that year? No, I, I lived in Chicago for like three years before I started doing stand up. Because okay. I didn't, I I moved here. I moved there like sort of. Well, I moved there to Me like too. to go to grad school, but it was basically just. I mean, I, and I did. I I did go to grad school, but uh, like I just needed a reason to move to a city. So um, you moved to Chicago at the same time I moved to L.A. Yes. And then we started comedy at the same time. Yes. It's shocking how much better I'm doing it. In Pomona. <laughs> it is shocking to me, especially considering that you're a woman, and I thought you guys weren't allowed in comedy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our moms both lived in Pomona. Uh, we both had cornfields at the end of our backyard. Our last names are both German for hate. <laughs> you wish. Um, okay, have I had a similar trajectory? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've had, like, through doing comedy, I've had to. Th- like embrace the fact that I am a woman in a way that I didn't before. Like I, ne- like I didn't, it wasn't a part of my life at all before. And now I have to be like, well, I guess I'm, yeah. guess this is a thing I have to think about all the time. I agree. Now. I agree. Yeah. You just didn't oh, think about yeah, it. Yeah. I bet. I can't. Yeah. And, it, and it, like, it's, I've had to accept the fact that like, there are people who didn't, who don't feel like that in society, you know, who yeah. like, don't feel like, Oh, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want that they are like held down by this stuff. Do you forget sometimes, do you ever like to sit like, this is going to sound weird, but like, I'll just totally forget I'm a woman. And then yeah. somebody will like introduce me that. And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you <laughs> know, like, like yeah. it's not, I don't think about it ever until yeah. somebody yeah. else puts it in my head. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Rhea Butcher is like one of my best friends. And we've had a lot of weird conversations about like, hey, how can we be effective allies to women? Because <laughs> I like, we don't, this is important, but we don't really get what's going on. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel the same way. I'm just like, why is it? So you, you and Peggy, <laughs> you think you have a similar trajectory? Um, I want to. I don't more. think so. Okay. Well, okay. Go ahead. But the, but she's constantly reminded working 
in that job. And you don't get the idea. I mean, we, we don't see much of her like backstory, but you kind of get the impression that when she took this job, she was just kind of like mostly a happy-go-lucky. Like maybe felt a little out of sorts with her strict Catholic family. Maybe felt a little bit like a, a Luke Skywalker syndrome of like wanting a desire for a, 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 to do something important in the world. But beyond that, she's just kind of like. She's just kind of this aw shucks, like I'll do what you need kind yeah. of person. But then as she moves up the ranks in in the, in the firm, she's constantly being reminded that she's a woman, and that's all of her. That's all her value is. Yeah, is I don't. I don't think we have with similar latex and lipstick. Yeah. And I mean, I've always been unhappy, uh, <laughs> and I think I like except maybe in elementary school or something. I haven't. I've never really put up with shit. Like I, yeah, I won't take it. <laughs> you won't take it. You're too tough. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I don't think that's something I had to grow into. Did you ever a in a movie theater? No. Good. I don't know why. I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> why would that be so bad? <laughs> I mean, I've like I've made out in a movie theater. Yeah, I don't know why I said good to that. That's. <laughs> I think it was more of like a good, you answered the question. I, yeah. And I felt bad about asking the question. This is what I'm talking about. Like right now, that oh. you ever give a guy a hand job in a movie theater, yeah, like part of me is like, is that creepy, that rapey? Why did I say that? Oh, it did. It went through the straight man. It did. It went through no. the filter. Okay. It went through the filter immediately mm. afterwards. Interesting. Sometimes it should go through the filter before. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one thing I like about being a woman is I feel like, I mean, this is probably not true, but I feel like I can literally say whatever I want to anybody all the time. And yeah, it's a lot punched. easier exactly. to not, yeah, and not get not punched get in the punched. face. I've tried to get punched. And <laughs> it is incredibly hard. Why does that not surprise me that you've tried <laughs> to get punched? I don't know that. I don't know. No, I love that about you. That's a that's a good quality to have. I don't know why why I'm like that either. Wanting to push things, wanting to. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Who knows? That's a different <laughs> conversation altogether. Do you like violence? Is that no? <laughs> no, I'm not a violent person. I've never really been in a fight. I I mean i I punched a girl in the face when I was like 11, but. That's not. That doesn't count. She what threw did a mud ball at me. She threw uh. mud balls at me, and I punched her in the face. I told her I was. I was like, I'm gonna punch you in the face, and then I, I did because I had it in my head. I wanted to, but she kept oh, well, turning her head. Well, that's just simply a matter of someone who's not good at following directions. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like. Well, exactly. Yeah. And it was stupid, and I was 11, and whatever. And I've never hit anybody since. Well, I hit my no, ex boyfriend. You told her I'm gonna punch you in the, the face. face. You gotta understand the consequences of this. Yeah, but I think that like if I. W- I don't. I think that I want to be in a fight just one time in my life. I think that's what it is. Like There's just something to really, see yeah. How I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been in a lot of fights. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, not in a long time. I mean, I'm not, I'm, six, seven days. <laughs> it's not like not in like a, you know years, but over a decade actually. Why were you fighting? Time. I used to get I, get I used to get bullied a lot. And I used to, and then that turned into just getting into fights a lot, and uh, and I've hit a lot of people, and I've been hit a lot. Um, you're not really missing all that much. Yeah, I, mean, there's, I, don't, I don't think that I would be. There's something really like at that age. There's something very like exhilarating and gratifying about it. But now, like I'm, t- I'm just terrified of people, dudes mostly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it could get serious. I've seen I've seen girl fights too, and they're way worse. I, I they're vicious. Yeah, I would feel yeah. like they'd be more because we don't know how to fight. 
We yeah, so you just go straight. Up. Well, because yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Too, hair. Because men, like we, we grow up Shitty. like learning. I mean, maybe less so now, but we grow up like learning how to hit, how to punch, how to take a punch. Like a lot of us, like we get we take martial arts and stuff, and it's like a thing. Like you roughhouse when you're a kid, and like if you have a brother or like friends your age, you like get a little too rough with them. Your your dad's like, ah, that's just boys. You know, they just do that. Like, I like that though. I like how simple that is. Like, yeah. I'd rather <laughs> fight so it doesn't somebody as, than like yeah. have a long, drawn out yeah. argument for weeks. About, yeah. You know, so I think a lot to men that like it, like that it because of that, like it doesn't mean that as much to us when we fight. It's sort of like right, like a, hey, we're just gonna we're just scrapping. You know, you hit somebody, whatever. Like there can be a lot of emotion behind it too, but you're not necessarily like trying to kill the guy. At least not when you're a kid. Like yeah. maybe these people that are still like dudes that are still fighting in their thirties, like getting into bar fights yeah. and shit. Like those decks, come on. But like when you're a kid, I feel like you're just you're just like, hey, I'm just gonna like you know, yeah. I'm gonna impress myself upon this person. Like they're I'm gonna make an impact on the world around me. Like that's really all it is. But when whenever I saw girls fight, it was like true hate. Like it was true. Like I want to hurt this person and. Maybe that's just because you don't grow up like being. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean that, that's what I would think house. that I would feel like getting into yeah, a fight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I would. I also would be kind of want to do it. Yeah, I, and I would, I would think like, yeah, if I'm going to fight somebody, I want to hurt them. Yeah, it seems like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that what you said, you said that you don't take shit from anybody, and that's interesting. And I feel like that too. Mm-hmm. And I think that came. I mean, I think just I felt like, or I still feel like. I'm like going to be direct. And if you say something that pisses me off, I'm going to tell you right then. And I feel like I have to, (laughs) and I feel like I can't let that moment go Mm -hmm. by. And I think that a lot of, I mean, not my friends that are women, but a lot of women that I've met are just not like that. And they're passive aggressive, you know, when arguing with, and I hate that and I don't want to be that. And so I always have tried not to be that Mm -hmm. as a woman. And I am a woman and you're a woman and you seem like you're like that too. So I don't think it's like a woman thing. I just think, yeah, and I think a lot of men are pretty passive aggressive. Yeah, too. I, do a lot too. Of dudes I do too. I do too. Yeah, get, like it's I don't know. Yeah, the only I don't fight with friends like at all because I I don't know. Like yeah, if you get either, mad at a friend, yeah. you just don't talk to them for a couple exactly. of days and then, then it goes like, away. But the only ones who will like pick fights with me are dudes. Really? They're like, yeah, they're like, tr- I have a couple of guy friends who will try to have fights with me. And I'm like, why are you? T- We're not dating. Like, you don't get yeah, to do this true. to me. I do have. I have a couple, too, actually. Now that. Peggy Olsen yeah. does that, too. <laughs> but, yeah. but my girlfriends don't don't do that at all. Yeah. None of my friends do. I mean, I wouldn't be friends with somebody that was like just crazy. Well, I mean, I guess I, I have a few, but they're always young. <laughs> it's always young people that are just like picking. And I used to do that, too, when I was younger, I guess, more than I did now. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's like a different... Like, either you think of things like, I'm going to deal with this problem right now, and this is how I deal with mm-hmm. it, whether it's by your fist or by just calling it out, mm-hmm. or you think of it like, I'm going to, you're going to have to guess that. I don't know. I don't know what the mindset is the opposite, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine that. I'm seeing a lot of Peggy Olsen in this room. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does that too in the show. She tells Pete Campbell when he's, I think in season two, when he's like, uh, he's like, because he's been playing mind games with her the entire series, and he does that thing where it's like very passive aggressive about like I want, yeah. I love you, and I want to be with you, and you know, it's like he's just being, he's just doing yeah. that manipulative but shit. Does he, he does. is he aware that he's doing that? Are people that do I don't that know aware they're doing it? I don't know if he yeah. is, but he's been doing yeah, it. Yeah, like, I can't the whole figure time. out what he actually feels toward her. Yeah, because yeah. like I when he confesses either. his love for her, it's like we haven't really seen that. 
But there's yeah. and there's constantly these things where like it's just this petty jealousy in him. Yeah. Where like she'll be if she's talking to another guy or dancing with another guy in an episode, and the, it shows it like cuts to Pete Campbell's reaction, and he's just got yeah. this like this white hot like fucking King Joffrey rage in him. I, I, I'm always going to compare him to Joffrey from Game of Thrones because they're like the same fucking person to yeah. me. It's I do think that Sociopathic, her, entitled, yeah. spoiled shitbags. Her relationship <laughs> with him in the beginning is, I mean, I think that is one of the most honest portrayals of like mm-hmm. the sort of cruel shit you'll allow to happen to you mm-hmm. as a young oh, woman. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. he, they switched. But, I mean, he dominated her and then, I mean, and then kind she, of he she, has that thing where he's like trying to continue with that and yeah. she's not fucking happy. Well, that, and that's the thing at the end of season two when to me that's the moment where she turns it all around Yeah, because that's when she tells him about the baby and she's just like oh and I and he's like why would you tell me she's that? like I could have had you exactly I could have I could have played the game you're playing I could have manipulated yeah. you into leaving your wife and staying with me I could have done this passive aggressive shit and I didn't and that's her basically being like that's her not taking any more shit and his like, reaction that's her was like, why would you, you tell me yeah, that yeah why would you t- it's not like Oh my Would god! I'm sorry. Know. I blah 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 blah. But her his reaction is like, why did you exactly? T- why are you being up front with me right now? That's not how this is supposed to work. Yeah. yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. I mean, he just has this leftover like in his head thing that he wants to dominate her because I mean he did for so. Long. Well, he wants to dominate everything. I yeah. think that's his thing because he grew up with his father that was very dominating of him and very disapproving of of every decision mm-hmm. he made and you know, constantly disappointed in him and constantly like holding his brothers up higher, or his brother up higher than him. Um, like you see that kind of interaction with him and it was it season one where he goes to visit his dad and his oh yeah because he wants money for to buy an apartment yeah. And it's just this, and he he's like, you see the dynamics shift. And so, like, to me, anytime he's doing shit like that with Peggy or with Don, like, when he tries to blackmail Don. Yeah. Um, or even when he's getting approval from somebody, he's like, he's very much just this, like, lashing out, spoiled, like, mm-hmm. I want the thing. Yeah. And you're not giving me the thing I want. And I, it's my toy. And it's, and I, I don't know. That's what I see in him. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. you, and you can kind of see that in his interaction with his dad. And then, like, his reaction to his dad's death, which is just like, my yeah, dad weird. died. Ugh. I don't know. I guess I'm going to stay at work and toss like, what? Go yeah. home. That has to be a... I mean, I know he's a sociopath, but that has to also be kind of a common reaction. Because that's yeah. shock. Well, yeah. you yeah. Initially, you go into shock. Yeah. And you just kind of like are in a daze and you don't know what's happening. Um, yeah. So that's really just a human thing. <laughs> I've received a lot of <laughs> death newses. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, that's sort of always the way it is. It's just sort of this like, what? No, that didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, that didn't happen. So how do you grasp it that you just don't you know yeah. for a, a little while you have to yeah. give your brain so I'm, I'm sorry pete i'm sorry pete campbell i was a little hard on you there with that <laughs> was that your father died thing but yeah no he still sucks yeah oh yeah he's still a piece of shit and peggy's still awesome yeah agreed yeah, good <laughs> good, <laughs> good talk good talk <laughs> where do you think uh what do you think's gonna happen with peggy god i don't know i'm worried about her yeah yeah I hope she finds some happiness. Are you worried that she's going to like turn into Dawn? That she's going to become that kind of... I don't think she's going to turn into Dawn, but... 
I don't know. I think she's having a good time now, but I don't know if this will ultimately be fulfilling. She. Yeah. I want her to have love in her life. Do you think she'll leave advertising or that? I don't know. I can't. I'm not interested in speculating about her future. I want to watch it unfold. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are you hopeful about it at all? You said you were worried. Because I we I don't know I feel like Peggy's the only hopeful character. It didn't. I do too. She's she's not left off very well. Yeah, at the, the end, end of season, season six. six, yeah. Did she get drafted? Yeah. She goes to Vietnam. She took <laughs> she this starts whole collecting ears. Boys club thing too far. <laughs> <laughs> she no. She joins the the NVA. She joins the the Viet Cong. She gets Sex way change. into Marxism. Sex change? Yeah. She has some uh, SRS there? I guess. I'm just speculating. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think think she's good at what she does, and I think that she's... I don't know. We were... were, John and I were talking about this uh, uh, thing, this article that was listing the best TV shows, and they listed uh, The Wire, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and Sopranos. Sopranos. Was there another one, or was it no, just those? Just those four. four? Um, and they, they, they're arguing. They were trying to argue that Breaking Bad was the only one where characters change. Oh, that's bullshit. And I disagree with that because I see I, there's there's characters in The Wire that change. And granted, there's only a few of them, and they change in very incremental ways. Aside from Presbyluski, who has this big radical change. Um, but I think Peggy changes in yeah. Mad Men. I think a lot of the Harry other characters. Harry Crane changed a lot. Harry Crane changed. Um, he was like a sweet dope in the beginning, and now he's now a, he's a now cheesy hornball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was having sex with that yeah. with Hildy. Hildy, yeah. that's what did it. Hildy, uh, Hildy brought out the evil in Crane. Well, and Kinsey changed, but not. He just changed out. I mean, he just became a Hari Krishna, and <gasps> oh, that's, that's all right. that happened with him. Like he didn't change fundamentally. It's just like that's that was the natural progression yeah. of his of his the, of the of the negative qualities mm-hmm. of him. He embraced the negative qualities instead of the positive qualities of himself. God, that sounded like such a fucking shitty seminar thing to say. No, it's true. I mean, that's my problem with the show in general. Is People are always embracing their yeah, negative qualities. the negative qualities. is always... And I, I'm just... A, I don't know. I just don't like that yeah. view. But Peggy changes, and I think yeah. in good ways. And well, from where I left ways, off but... with Peggy, it's, she seemed hopeful, and she didn't yeah. seem that to me. So, I don't know. I've, I'm way behind you guys, though. Cool. What do you... Uh, would you hang out with Peggy? Yeah. Yeah? Not Elizabeth Moss, but... No, Peggy, yeah. You don't want to learn about Xenu. <laughs> I'd go drinking with Peggy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Would you go, uh... Would you go <laughs> pick up college kids I'd go pick up bar? some... Yeah. <laughs> Take bites out of their hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> do everything but. Do you think you could do her... Would you trade places with her? Would you... No. No? Not an advertising type? No. She lives in a worse time. Oh, yeah. Way worse time. Works in a real yeah. gross industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, anything before 1970 is really just an awful time for women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Actually, now is a pretty awful time for women. Comparatively, it's yeah, a dream. It's Comparatively, it's yeah, pretty great. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. That's Anything pre-Roe v. Wade is a pretty shitty time to be a woman. 
Thanks, Andy, (laughs) (laughs) for telling us when it was the worst time to be a woman. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Firsthand. Um, (laughs) God, see, there it is again. Like, and that's the thing. I didn't even run it through the filter. I didn't even run it through the filter. I was just like, that's a good thing I said. And then, and then you explained to me, like, oh, that was actually pretty patronizing. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you're right. That's shitty. It's just hilarious. Did we just live in this post anti hate dinosaur future already? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I prefer the people here than, you know, I. Than the people in the, than the dinosaurs? I don't. In Oklahoma. I think it's better here in the comedy scene than it was where I came from. That's what I'm trying to say. Probably. I don't think it's perfect, but. No, not. Nothing's perfect. And I don't know what it's like in Chicago, so... It's pretty good. Yeah? I mean, there aren't as many women as there should be. And there are a couple of shows where it's like, yeah, those guys probably don't like women that much. Yeah. Uh, For the the most part, it's fine. And there's not a lot of... I mean, everybody gossips about, like, who sleeps with who, but nobody's Mm -hmm. really accusing anybody of getting on shows about... Yeah, yeah. That's the thing I've noticed here, is that, like, the guys that are, like, the the boys club type dudes, the, Mm -hmm. the shitty assholes... Typically, like, they're not going anywhere. Oh, sorry, everybody. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, those guys, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to get ahead. They're just going to continue to be these shitty assholes that nobody takes seriously. And it's just kind of like. (laughs) It's also just not funny. It's not funny, and it's divisive, and it's it's alienating. It's it's exhausting to watch, like, a bunch of guys who look the same go up. Yeah, you can't help everything to have more Uh different kinds of voices. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think. I don't think there's enough women in comedy in general. I don't think there's enough of any, you know, any other people besides straight white males it's just yeah. that like i happen to be one and i'm like well i don't want to get kicked out because <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, i don't, don't want to restrict like, like danger who of that. should be allowed I'm to do comedy or anything yeah. yeah i just want more people to yeah, come we into need it more voices yeah. we need more divergent voices yeah. absolutely i mean um, the shitty straight white guys should stop they should get out of here no, the shitty but guys the shitty absolutely. everybody the should, shitty stop. Everybody yeah. should yeah. stop yeah no absolutely stop please please yeah Please I couldn't believe that one. Uh, did I, I texted you about that one woman oh, that yeah, yeah. did that? Like she did, did the dicks are gross joke, mm-hmm. and there was a woman in the audience that like was kind of like no, like she disagreed, <laughs> and then the fucking like the comic like slut shamed her into leaving. Are you serious? Like was just like <gasps> oh, of course you like dicks. You're probably a slut. Like you, how many dicks did you suck to? Like shit was she like, like that. new or what? I don't know. I don't know. I'd never seen her before, That's so maybe ridiculous. she was new. But it was just like, oh, was that are a you mic? Right? Fucking That's kidding like a man me? Yeah, was that a mic? Thing. Yeah, no, it was like a total like it was like a it was like a shit. It was like Harry Crane or because <laughs> someone Pete said Campbell she didn't speaking think dicks through were the mouth gross? of this yeah. one. Yeah. Ooh. Which is just like, like aren't you straight? Like, Shouldn't you yeah. kind of be into them? I don't I know. I like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're nice. I, I think they're silly looking, kind of, yeah, but, but, I, I but mean, they're not disgusting or revolting. I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, but I, you're not like, you know. Yeah, you're not. I'm not. You're not yeah, I'm not like them. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them in my face a lot yeah. either. Like I I, I'm indifferent to vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are pretty gross. Yeah. I wouldn't put my face near one. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I just think they're... You're a better person than me if you can do that. But. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here I'm first, guys. Like I'm em. a better person than Leah K. Jane. <laughs> um, Strictly about the face by the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to just start like taking pictures of my face next to vaginas <laughs> Sending and them texting to them to you. <laughs> Please do. Please. <laughs> I would welcome that, actually. Just smiling, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Uh, 
I'll keep a file on my computer. Look, this is going to sound weird, but I promise it's not. You don't got to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Who could recognize their own vagina in a lineup? Do you think well, I'm going to have to get them to, like, allow me to... Like, I can't just, like... Well, you got to get them to let you... Yeah, you got to let them... You get them to let you put your face there, but yeah. you don't have to say anything about the picture. So, are you, like... Does he have to wait for them to fall gonna asleep? How are going to notice it? There's going to be a flash? There's going to be a... Turn the flash off. You could. But then it's going to be guess. dark. You're not going to be able to tell. Like, she's going to be like, Andy, I don't believe that's actually a vagina next to your face. I can't see it. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a better view on it. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know how we got to this. I don't know how we got to this. I don't either. Yeah, but Dicks, there are women. There we're are talking women, about your mom. We're talking uh, about <laughs> shitty women in comedy. <laughs> yes. they, well, of course, there's shitty everybody in comedy. There's shitty everybody yeah. in comedy. Yeah, and it's. I just. I honestly think that everyone who sucks just needs to stop right now. Yeah, but I mean, then but where I mean, would unless, the bar be? And then how would you it, know that people are good yeah. unless you had those? Yeah, people. if you've been doing it for over a year and you still suck. Wait a minute. <laughs> we already figured out these empathetic dinosaurs aren't going to work out. What if the dinosaurs can detect whether or not someone is going to become a good comedian and they Ooh. eat the ones that don't, that won't? Ooh. I think that would fix 85% of the world's problems right away. <laughs> like, I think that would or at least lead to the conditions for those problems to be solved. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then we'd be producing a lot more quality comedy people would be happier because there'd be laughing more divergent more. voices yeah uh, there'd be more people who were less afraid to get involved mm-hmm. and and if they had a talent for it yeah but that's the stakes the would be higher actually they would be more afraid more because afraid to get involved. they'd be more afraid because they'd be afraid to be eaten by a this dinosaur that I, mean, is <laughs> I, you gotta I think really want only it. the courageous would become <laughs> comedians which is nobody that's a comedian so <laughs> I don't know. I would risk dying. Yeah, you know what? Because, like, what am I going to do anyway? There's some. Yeah. Work in There's an office some. for the rest of the life? Like, I'll kill myself anyway. Yeah, exactly. Might as well get eaten by a dinosaur. Exactly. <laughs> I would... <laughs> I think the the bad people are annoying, but I don't think we should, you know, get rid of them. You don't want to purge them like Stalin would? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you're against think, cultural cleansing? I think they... they <laughs> No, I'm fine with that. I th- it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have an anti-bad comedian pogrom? I think you need that Everybody to Everybody loves a themed comedy good. show. Why not? Why can't that theme be the final solution? The, <laughs> the we should probably avoid Nazi references if we're going to start oh branding God. this. Maybe avoid final solution in the, in the terminology. We'll call it the last laugh. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we figured this out. Guys, we should, we got to wrap this up. Uh, so we decided you would not do you, okay. I want I have one more question okay. for you. Um, what do you think is the define? Do you think that there's a defining scene or story arc or moment for Peggy Olsen that like, d- that like really just nails that character completely? Ooh. I don't know about that, but my favorite is okay. when, she's hanging out with Don all night and then Anna dies and he's like you know she's with him while that yeah. happens I mean not I guess she died earlier is that the one that ends with the scene where they, she they, they they put their she puts her hand on his yeah cause that's a callback to the the first episode too yeah. in the first episode when 
she tries to put his her hand on his, and he oh, takes yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah. I know you think about that. He takes it off, yeah. and he's like, "I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, blah, blah, I'm your blah, boss. Blah. Not your, I'm your boss." And she goes, "I'm not that kind of girl." And it's sort of like I think I didn't notice that until I didn't remember that until we I just rewatched the first episode, and there was that that happened, and it was like, interesting to me because they were both saying like they were defining themselves to each other with negatives. They were saying, "I'm not this," and "I'm not that," and then. I feel like that scene when that happens, when she puts her hand on his after that that episode, mm-hmm. uh, like that's sort of them both acknowledging, like, okay, we understand each other, we know who we, I know who you are now, you know who I am. Yeah, and I thing. like that she cracks him in a personal way, like nobody else is. Uh-huh. Nobody gets. Nobody else to is him. that person to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's yeah. A, yeah. That's a perfect. That's a perfect episode. It's. I mean, it would be weird to say it, like to to define her by her relationship with Don, but. No, but I think that's kind of fair because Don is honestly defined by his relationship to her, I think, in a way. Like, I think that the only redemption that Don has is through Peggy, mm-hmm. is through what he does for her. Because he, everything else he does is kind of shitty, except when he's doing his job. And his job is the only thing that he's really good at. He's, he's not good at being a father. He's not good at being a husband. He's not good at being a person, really, in a lot of ways. But, um, I mean, he has moments where he tries to, like that time where he tries to quit drinking, mm-hmm. um, and he's like swimming in the mornings and stuff. Um, but he's really great at his job. Yeah. But he's terrible at almost everything, but he's also really good at kind of inspiring Peggy and guiding Peggy along this path. I mean, he has missteps, of course. He fucks her over a couple times, for sure. But I think that Don's only chance at being redeemed is through, yeah. is through what happens with Peggy. And actually, the scene where she quits might be a better example oh of all God, of that that is so good yeah because yeah. you that can is... see like how broken he is by the idea of her being gone yeah yeah because like... i guess that reflection won't be there anymore yeah I'm like this is some good yeah, you're, you're the more. only good thing about <laughs> me yeah <laughs> now you're gonna be you're the only mirror that casts a good reflection of me and now you're gone yeah like, and, and she's he... finally fully standing up for herself mm-hmm. yeah because because there, there's also a reference to that episode where he she was gonna leave and he talks her into staying or he talks her into coming aboard i think it might be when they first start the new agency mm-hmm. and he's trying to, or she gets an offer or something. I can't remember exactly what episode or what do you, does anybody else know what I'm talking about? She, she's like, she's going to leave or she's going to not come with him. And he's just like, but I need you. Yeah. I need you. You need, I need you. And that's all she needed to hear him say. And she's like, okay, then I'll do it. And then that episode where she finally quits, there's kind of like this moment where he's trying the same thing and it's not working this time. Like, she's finally like, nope, I've outgrown that shit. You're not going to get me with that. <sighs> um, John's looking it up. Get a name of this episode, <laughs> and then we'll be done. I just love these, like, intense platonic relationships. Like that. Like, I love oh, yeah. Liz Lemon and, uh, and, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Alec Baldwin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. Pete better. <laughs> Pete. But we Pete just is had like Liz such Lemon a on. secondary character. We just had Liz Lemon. Oh, we already talked about talking about Liz Lemon. Yeah. I always like, that's the thing is I love the sad sack <laughs> characters. They're my favorite. Pete's probably my favorite character on 30 Rock. My favorite character on Mad Men is probably like, it's probably a toss up between Lane Price and Harry Crane and Paul Kinsey because they're all just losers. <laughs> like, and I just, I have this thing about the losers where I'm just like, oh man. I want you to do something, and you're never going to do it. You're always going to be terrible. Until, like, Lane Price, until you kill yourself. What's the episode? Oh, I couldn't find it. Oh, never mind. 
Maybe I'm hallucinating. Maybe that episode didn't happen. We already discussed that I have a problem with mem- remembering things correctly on this show. That might have been a not probably time. happened. I just don't know what the reference would be. Yeah, I think it happened. But it's it's not really a reference so much as like in what they say. Yeah, I mean, she is skeptical about <coughs> joining the new firm. Yeah. And she's not going to do it, yeah. if I remember correctly. And he kind of has to talk her into it. And then when she quits, he kind of like, if I remember the scene correctly, his attitude towards it is just kind of like, oh, well, no, 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 you're going to stay. Like, he's very, like, confident about it. I'm going to talk to Yeah, he tries to, he thinks it's a money thing. He, like, mm-hmm. oh, doesn't he? He throws a pile of money at her. That's right. Wait, that's not that scene. <laughs> that's not. That's, is, that's not that scene, is it? No, that's the scene where she tries to. It's the season three finale. Yeah. That's uh, that's when she wants to go to Paris or something, isn't it? Shut the door, have a seat. That's when she threatens to quit, right? Yeah, he Don tells her about the uh, about the new agency. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, "No, you take me for granted." And then uh, Don's all like, "I need you," and then she's like, "Okay, I'll come with you." Yeah, and again, that's funny because that's my favorite episode of the series, and I don't remember that scene being in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't place it. Um. But yeah, that's the episode I love because Lane Price tells off his boss in England. Yeah. And he's like, you're fired for incompetence and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, very good. Happy Christmas. And just hangs up. <laughs> I love that. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. It's a very punk rock moment for, <laughs> yeah. for Sterling Cooper. Advertising. Draper Price. Yeah. That whole scheme with like getting themselves fired. Yeah. Getting right. themselves fired. Like it's, that's some gangster yeah, shit. Yeah. That's some Breaking Bad shit. Mm-hmm. Some Walter White planning. <sighs> all right <laughs> all right no. guys uh so hey do you have anything you want to talk about you want to you want to uh nah you're on I twitter do stuff. i'm in chicago come say hi come to chicago yeah. <laughs> uh have some hot dogs or I'm pizza on twitter steph oz yeah have, have some hot dogs steph no, oz nobody eats pizza i mean s-t-e-p-h-h-a-s-c yep that's her name on twitter Leah, you got anything you want to talk about? Nope. No? Not a thing. Uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff already. we talked about some stuff. This yeah. is going to be our longest episode yet, I think. Really? And nice. I'm fine with that. <laughs> because we got a lot of good stuff. I think. So Mostly about dinosaurs. Yeah. None of what I'm saying right now needs to be said on the show. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> yeah. so much, Stephanie, for Thank coming by. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Leah, yeah. uh, as always. Good and times. Thanks for listening, guys. was a fun conversation about uh peggy olsen well sort of about peggy olsen it was kind of about dinosaurs it was about a lot of things including dinosaurs and our mothers yeah Um, if the mother's part makes it into the final cut (laughs) i might i might be like let's not mm, my mom listens to this podcast um we could do we could just make it like bonus episode real talk I could we could do that. Just yeah. cobble some together. Uh, just a super cobble cut. all the stuff we've cut out. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was but that was a fun time. I think I want to thank uh, Stephanie Haas a lot for coming by. Um, it's, it, and it's interesting because the conversation kind of did go a lot of places, and I feel like that could owe something to the fact of what I was saying yeah. about how Mad Men kind of it's hard to remember a lot of it and a lot of it sort of bleeds together and a lot of things kind of get lost yeah. and you don't remember them. And John, you, you had a thing you wanted to say about yeah, that. Yeah, I think the reason for that is that the show is very explicitly about the moments between the moments of these people's lives. 
Like we're not uh, really concerned with um, the big events. Yeah, like the weddings and the funerals. We we never see Betty Mary Henry Francis. We never see uh, Don Mary Megan. We never see Pete Mary Trudy. Mm-hmm. We don't see any of these things. Instead, we see we go from you know Don having proposed. We don't see him proposing either. They just come back from Disney World and they're and engaged. Yeah. And then the next episode, we just see what their married life is like now. And we're kind of left to sort through that. And I, I mean, it's interesting because in the fifth season, the first season that's really Megan heavy, I felt like I didn't really know what to think of her when she showed up. Like, is she kind of a gold digger? Is she predatory? Yeah. Is she nice? I mean, it, she, she really grew on me and it, you know, come yeah, to I find feel out. like you do that a lot with a lot of the characters and, yeah. and Peggy included. We talked about that a little bit is that with a lot of these characters, you, you don't really know what they're about up front. It yeah. takes a while to get to know them for certain things to come out of them before you really realize who they are. Yeah. And that's kind of how life is because yeah. when you meet somebody new, you don't have their whole life story right in front of you. You yeah. don't have any exposition about them other than what they tell you. Yeah. And you kind of just have to learn what kind of person they yeah. are through your interactions. And what they them. tell you is intentionally a curated version of yeah. themselves. Oh, yeah. You know. It's a deliberately modified Yeah, it's account. a persona. Um, so, yeah, that you know, so much of the show is just sort of watching and revealing the characters in how they behave in these small moments. You know how uh, you know like 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 things like the suitcase. My favorite episode of the mm-hmm. show, where Don and Peggy just stay up all night and hang out. Yeah, like that. You know, is probably a night they both think about a whole lot. But if you ask them, you know, what are the most significant events in your life, neither of them would name that episode. Yeah. Or the episode where, where Don and, and Lane Price hang out all night. Yeah, with the big steak. Or, and, yeah, and, and the there's the a lot of. They do, yeah. and they do a lot of focusing in the show on little tiny moments. Like yeah. there's the thing with the per, the painting in Cooper's office. Yeah, where what they're does just it mean? constantly trying to, what the fuck is this about? And you're like, that's that's interesting because that's a yeah. tiny little bit. Yeah, there's not a lot of plot driven stuff. Yeah, yeah. Going and on. I think the show sometimes I mean the show is good when it's plot driven in terms of showing the business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's a little bit like, like the season 3 finale. Yeah, like I've been watching the newsroom lately. Um yeah. and uh you know, it's as I think you guys have heard me shout in the background of this show before, it's the worst. Um, I love the newsroom. But I can't stop watching <laughs> it because when it's good, it's amazing. Yeah. And when it's good, it's focusing. I think that shows at its best when it's focusing on watching these people who are good at making news make news and watching the ways they're good at it and the ways they're bad at and how they recover from the mistakes yeah. they make and that sort of thing. And that can be interesting plot work. Yeah, it's pretty procedural yeah. but for something you haven't really seen before. Yeah. And, and that's how Mad, Mad, Mad Men, my favorite stuff a lot of the times is when you see them being good at advertising. When you yeah. see them being good at dealing with clients or like saying to each other like little things that kind of give you an insight in the business. And the way they're good at advertising um, kind of revealing something about themselves. Like the way when Peggy, you guys were talking earlier about Peggy and the popsicle thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's a really strong connection to Catholicism in her pitch and communion. Oh yeah. Like there's this well, break share sort of thing and she's yeah. pitching it as like uh, a, a Eucharist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, there's, there's, I mean, that to me too is sort of like there's that one where uh, Don is trying to sell something to a client, and he's yeah. like, "I'm not asking you about Jesus." He says he mentions Jesus, and he's like, "You already know if Jesus is in your heart," and it's just like, "Whoa, what?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre, but it, it, you know, it's. I think it, it, that sort of theme kind of reaches its zenith um, in, and I'm going to spoil the latest episode mm-hmm. for you. Spoiler alert. Um, he, they're pitching to Hershey and he pitches this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he, 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 they pitched this whole thing about uh, Don pitches just this false thing about how when he was a kid his dad would like ask him to do chores and then I think it was something like his dad would ask him to do chores and then he'd buy him a Hershey bar and mm-hmm. he like pitches this very Norman Rockwell sort of childhood that not we true. all know isn't true and then the client's loving it and then he just like sits down and they're like this all sounds great and then out of nowhere Don just goes I grew up in a whorehouse and he tells the truth about what? where he's from and says like the only time anyone was kind to me was when one of the whores would take extra money and like buy me a Hershey bar. And I heard about how Hershey ran this orphanage. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, he talks about how like Hershey, the Hershey company ran an orphanage and he thought about how great it would be to go live in that orphanage. Yeah, instead of like living in this dingy whorehouse where he gets beaten all the time. <laughs> and like everybody just kind of looks at him like overshare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> TMI Don. Yeah. And like, why did you just sabotage all that? But it's, it's you know, interesting to watch his whole way of pitching and yeah. making the personal into political in a way yeah, and you break. S- yeah. And you see in these little moments in these characters, which is yeah. what the whole show is, what you were saying, which I think is a brilliant insight that I had never... I don't know why. I mean, maybe I'd considered it, but not. I couldn't articulate it like that until you said that. I'm but pretty great. You see these little moments in people, and that's. I mean, that's. Like we said that's how you get to know people. Yeah. But like that also informs who they are in the office. Like that informs yeah. the decisions they make creatively and professionally. And it's really interesting to have that. Like those things make sense to you once you know one of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like with Peggy with the popsicle, and then you in, the, in amongst that, like you wouldn't read that Catholicism into it if you hadn't seen her with her mother or seen her with yeah. that with the with Colin Hanks uh, the priest yeah uh, I mean you you might have made that ar- archetypal connection if you just you, you, like if you were brought up like I was brought up Catholic mm-hmm. so it yeah. made me think about it but I you wouldn't have connected it to why Peggy is doing that yeah like you wouldn't have that context and yeah. the show is so great at giving you a slow burn reveal of that context like my favorite yeah. example of that is probably Pete Campbell like I used to hate Pete Campbell I, still I have hate him. so like, much I don't pity know how for you him cannot. now hate him like i feel like he's just the saddest most pathetic human being that's ever lived <laughs> maybe that's the genius of it again it's like you watch peggy's evolution yeah. from, from it's, it's like asserting herself from like a sort of more demure figure into asserting herself and being and being a commanding presence and and you don't really realize it until you you know until you get yeah. a supercut or you stack the two extremes against each other and she's getting an hj and a or giving an hj <laughs> in a movie theater <laughs> and, movie and everything's changed um but then pete campbell like maybe that's the thing for him is that you start out hating him because you see all this power and entitlement and privilege he has yeah. but then maybe that's the thing that's where he goes is that his journey yeah. is one of of diminishing returns where he just becomes sadder and sadder and sadder because he can't be happy mm-hmm. it's the saddest thing in the universe because he has all these things he has this wife yeah. that truly loves him and adores him and wants to and just... he's constantly just like i don't know her she's a stranger to me and you're like what yeah. and i think that he's not it's not that he takes her for granted he just doesn't know what to do with any of that because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the emotional apparatus to actually connect to another person yeah, he wasn't raised who genuinely wants to connect to him yeah. it's so damn tragic <laughs> like, I just someone hug him and make him a sandwich for God's sake uh, well and also to give him a black eye and explain to him look yeah <laughs> yeah no Lane Price needs to punch him for yeah. sure for sure for sure um, but you know to, to speak to the the change thing like I, I you guys talked about it um, that that the show I think you know I, I still love thinking about it in the same breath as Breaking Bad The Wire and mm-hmm. Sopranos and how those shows deal with change because of how this show is is about 
people trying to change often and it not working. Yeah. Don trying to you know stop drinking as much when he swims a little bit, yeah. and then he you know instead of going with Doctor what's her name who clearly was the best match for him. Oh yeah, like, knew definitely. how to deal with his psychology and yeah. like was kind of helping. Like she that was an adult relationship, yeah. and instead he just falls into this Megan thing and just you know uses up this poor young girl yeah. until she's just this like sad shriveled mess of a human being yeah. whose life is ruined because of him. Um, spoilers. Um, wow. But okay. uh, it, it doesn't go well. Um, what a shocker. Yeah. Um, but then, like, there's guys like, there's people like Roger Sterling who, you know, try, who, like, drops acid and feels like he's gone through all these profound experiences, but is so essentially the same person. Because he's, he's still so trapped in yeah. who he is. Like he's, he he's learned nothing. He can't really do anything radical with that insight. Yeah. He also, real quick side note, has my favorite line in the whole series, speaking of the lawnmower, when they tell him about it, and they're like, oh, that guy lost his foot. And he goes, oh, man, just as soon as he got it in the door. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best line in the history of that show. It's perfect. Like, it's like... And, but he's never not going to be that guy. He can drop all the acid he wants. He can stand naked in a hotel window as much as he wants. And he can fuck as many random younger girls as he wants. But he's always going to be sort of a more resigned version. A little bit of Pete Campbell. He is, kind of. Because yeah. he, he, he had his job handed to him. Yeah. Um, he never really had to work for anything. No. Um, he can't connect to other human yeah. beings. But, like, well, he's... I think he can connect, but it's on a very much – it's on a very – like – because that's the thing. He was an accounts man before he became yeah. partner. He was the – he was, you know, he was the guy that, like – and he's still good. You can still see him, especially what I like in later uh, – I can't remember if it's season four or five where he's got this sort of, like, like kind of pissing contest thing going on with um, – Campbell. Yeah. And Cosgrove. Is it Cosgrove or somebody else? No, it's just Campbell because at the end of the episode, Campbell lands that account and he says to uh, somebody, just somebody who's standing next to him, like, basically something to the effect of, like, you've always got to watch out for the one coming up behind you. Yeah. And Roger's sort of, like, he goes through this kind of crisis of, like, this is what I do. And this kid is beating at me at my own game. What am I for and if I'm not yeah, for this? Exactly. Yeah. And he's like losing touch with that side yeah. of himself. And that's the thing is that like, you do get – and again, that's another thing. That's something you didn't really get from him until you start to see it fade from him. Yeah. Is that you – then you learn that like, oh, no, he was really good at this at one yeah. time. Like he was the best yeah. at working with clients and landing accounts. Like, like when you see him coach guy. Lane on how to land that, that mm-hmm. account, I think it was yeah. Jaguar, like he's brilliant and he's like – laying out exactly how he does it yeah. like you, you see like no this is a guy who maybe he never really had to work at it mm-hmm. but he's extremely gifted yeah he's got this natural talent for yeah. it and I think that that's, that's how he connects with people yeah. is, is in a way that like provides them you know what we're about to launch into a full scale episode about Roger Sterling yeah. right now <laughs> and I think maybe we should pump the brakes on it but um <laughs> But yeah, no, it does. It does. We get going, and yeah. it's hard to, but yeah, the, the, it is. It is. I, I do. I do still think that Peggy Olson is like the biggest argument for change. In yeah, and show. she doesn't mean to. Mm-hmm. She never like no, feels right. trapped. She just like falls into like you guys were saying. Like she just kind of goes, oh well, I know things. I can I can write that stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. why don't you let me do that? And yeah. like 
she never, you know, it's, it's kind of like what Lee and Stephanie were talking about, about being, you know, women in comedy. It's not that they're like, I have to stand up and, you know, represent no, women in comedy. No, they just want to get the good shows. Can I just tell some jokes? Time and, like, yeah. and, and it's not, oh, you're holding me back because I'm a woman. It's just like, stop holding me back. I just want to yeah, knock it off tell the already. jokes. Like, like, this is, it has nothing to do. Yeah, and that's the thing. To me, that's the kind of stuff that's much more profound and powerful in as far as social commentary is yeah. concerned is when it's on that human level and it's not forced and it's organic. Because then the yeah. argument becomes not of... Like, oh, someone is being treated differently. It's, no, we should all be the same because yeah. we are all the same yeah. as opposed to – like, it's, it's a more positive thing as opposed to, you know, the, uh, the, the oppositional thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, – it's, it's kind of tangentially related to the this show that I think of in opposition to Mad Men all the time because I love how Mad Men depicts the 60s and, like, the mm-hmm. naturalism of it. And it makes me think of that show from NBC from years ago, the 60s. Remember that? Oh Jesus! Christ. Years ago, that it's, was like a that was yeah. It was in like the late nineties, like two, yeah. yeah. It was like two thousand or so. It's bad. Um, yeah. And everything was like, oh, there's the one guy who went to Vietnam and he came back and he was all that, fucked that up. thing was so. And there was the guy who was making bombs for the Weather Underground and he blew up his apartment and everything was so archetypal and yeah. overwrought. Like it might like, as well. This have is been... the story of all of us. Yeah, you know what like, it was? It was like it was like the 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 movie of the week. Miniseries yeah. of the week version of the Billy Joel song "We Didn't Start the Fire." It's like, exactly that's, that. That's what yeah. it is. It's just they like, might as well have just put a just huge had a bunch monument of to Baby Boomers hubris rolling up the screen. Should, yeah, it could have been just like just like every four minutes a different word. Abby Hoffman, <laughs> Woodstock, <laughs> Vietnam, yeah, Kennedy, yeah. like and it's unbelievably ineffective. Like, I mean, you, it, it, it makes you feel something for a second if you lived Yeah, that. I mean, it's, 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 it's practically a fucking cola commercial. Like, yeah. And, and not one that Don Draper came up with. No, the shitty kind it's of cola commercial. It's a McCann cola commercial. Like the kind that Ted Shaw writes on a bad day. Um, <laughs> even though Ted Shaw is a pretty good ad man. Um, but th- this is so much more effective because it's just like, no, we're going to watch these character-driven stories yeah. and then, you know they're naturally going to bounce up against mm-hmm. this really turbulent time in, in American history. It's just, you know, it's it's the difference between, um, you know, handling 9-11 in the 25th hour versus handling 9-11 in extremely loud and incredibly close. Yeah, or you to know? me, even the difference between handling 9-11 in United 93 and handling 9-11 in World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. One is, a, one is a compelling, gripping, engaging story about people, yeah. and the other one is just a giant fucking Mount Rushmore nonsense. Like, just show what happened yeah that's it just show yeah. what happened yeah you know and and put interesting people into that story that's mm-hmm. all you have to do you don't have to think too hard about your theme or your meaning or anything just come up with interesting people i think i like your then 25th show what hour and everything and incredibly i think i like that better than mine because uh, those are two good. things that weren't about 9-11 necessarily they or were. or that that robert pattinson uh, movie that just ends with 9-11 do you know about this what? There's some Robert Pattinson romance movie. I forget what it's called, but it's it's supposed to. I, I actually admit I haven't seen it. But the basic plot is it's a whole like romance movie that takes place in New York, yeah. and they never tell what time it is or anything. And then it all happens, and at the end, Robert Pattinson's like thinking about this woman he loves, and he's in a building, and he like puts his hand on the window, and then they zoom out, and it's the World Trade Center, and it gets hit by a plane, and the credits roll. Are you fucking serious? That's a real movie. <laughs> That oh my god! Happened. I wish I could say I wish I had seen that in the theater without you telling me about it, because I that would I would have laughed harder than I have laughed at anything in my life I at know. that moment. 
It's the stupidest idea oh anyone God. ever that's had. Like the, that's like the non-horror movie. Did you see the last Final Destination movie? No, I haven't. Where at the end, it, spoiler alert, it builds up to this movie takes place before the first movie. Oh. This movie is the prequel to the first Final Destination movie. And it's just like, when that happens, you're, it's like that. It's that yeah. gimme, that, that gotcha moment, that like, eh, look at how clever we are when it's really, no, you're not clever at all. You just shoehorned this in here because you thought that yeah. we would scratch our chins and go, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, fuck that. Sometimes that's okay, though. In the last Fast and Furious movie, they had a moment like that. And that yeah. was great. Well, in the Final Destination movie, I actually like it, too, because it's hokey and stupid, and that's where it belongs. Like, yeah. you don't, that's you where don't that's don't try fine. to force profundity on it. We're already playing. Like, yeah. It's a movie about Rube Goldberg killing people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's going on here. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that, 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 that was my little thoughts I was thinking while y'all were talking. Well, and, I, and I'm glad you shared that with us. Thanks again. That's John Veron, everybody. Uh, uh, Sometimes he lets me talk. Co-producer, engineer, editor, fucking guy who does all the really actual hard work of this podcast. Um, so thanks, John. Uh, I want to thank again Stephanie Haas for coming on the show. I want to thank Leah Kiajanian for being a great co-host once again. And I want to thank you guys for listening. Before we head out, though, please, uh, I want to remind you, uh, if you could, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out a lot. And if you aren't already following us on Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at, at PeopleWeKnowPod. And like us on Facebook. And um, buy us cake. And do nice things for us. And mention us in your prayers at night. And um, make a voodoo doll of our enemies. And um, buy my mom some flowers. Um, and, and don't have hate in your heart and or don't, the dinosaurs will <laughs> the, eat you the dinosaurs will come for you guys be careful out there with all those dinosaurs thanks again for listening have a good week